What's happening, John? A cut above horror review, episode number 70. We are talking about, well, a movie from, I guess, 1986, but released 1988, Pumpkinhead. Yeah, we're wrapping up uh, Horrors of Halloween month. We're bringing our buddy that has been on for a while, Michael from Horror Apocalypse Podcast. So, Kick back, relax. Episode number 70, a cut above horror review with our buddy Michael from Horror Apocalypse Podcast. Horrors of Halloween Month. It's Pumpkinhead and it starts right about no. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be reviewing Pumpkinhead from 1986. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, I'd like to welcome back a a very good friend of ours that we haven't had on the show for quite a while, too long, but this is his third appearance. It's Michael from Horror Apocalypse Podcast. How you doing, Michael? Hey, everybody. I am doing fantastic. Uh, Good to be back on the show. Good to be back on the microphone, at least. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about one of my favorite horror movies today. I am also very excited to hear you talk about it because I feel a little guilty for the other movies that we've put you through (laughs) on the show. Black Christmas was good. He didn't like it, though. He didn't like it. So I'm happy to have you like Black Christmas. No, he likes the original. Oh, Mm -hmm. maybe I misremembered. Sorry. There was something that we talked about that you didn't like. Thanks. but uh, but yeah, I'm happy to have you back to talk about a movie that you're very enthusiastic about. So great to have you back. It's been too long, but it's nice to have you back on the mic where you belong. That unintentionally rhymed. But mm. You just bring out the poetry in me, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, we got Hyderberg. How's it going, Hyderberg? What's up? I guess I never inspire you with any poetry. Thanks, Jack. No, it's that I know that I can't reach your level, so I don't even try. I just, I'm going to leave, I leave that to you because you are the master and I bow down. So that's all there is to it. All right. You humble me. (laughs) I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Good, good, good. Excellent. Let's do. Uh, the theater this weekend? Uh, No, no theater really this weekend. Um, I binge watched uh, Cabinet of Curiosities though, Guillermo del Toro's, and I highly recommend it. Okay. Sweet. That's all I'm going to say about it. I don't want to spoil anything. It's just really good. Yeah, I've been hearing people chattering about it. I haven't gotten around to it, but people are like, oh, episode three, uh, episode five. Uh, I have, episode yeah. Five. There's a couple of highlights for me, but they're all pretty good. Like, there's something in there for everybody, I feel like. Episode nice. seven is the best. Yes. Is that the Crispin Glover one? That's no. the Panos Cosmodos one. Oh, yes. shit. Yeah. Okay. Panos well, Cosmodos then. is probably my favorite director, and he's only got a handful of films. Uh, but you, if you know me, you know how much I love Mandy and Beyond the Black Rainbow. And oh, yeah, that episode God, is really stylish, man. Yes, and I love the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's, got, it's just really good. It's got Peter Weller's in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk about it more in a minute, but let's not forget about John. Last Sorry, but John. not least, we got John. <laughs> What's, What's going, going on, on John? Uh, so I'm a uh, COVID free, so that's awesome. Woo-hoo! It's great yeah. to have it's great to have Mike on the mic. <laughs> Sorry, that was my rem. That, that that's all I got. Uh, I bring out the poetry and everyone. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for coming back on, man. You look fantastic. So thank you for coming back on. I know we gave you a shit movie, then a great movie, and then 
what you were saying is that you love this movie that we're going to talk about today, right? Oh, yeah. Most oh, definitely. Nice. Yeah. I remember what Thanks. it was with Black Christmas. He didn't like the characters. Yeah. Was that it, Michael? You didn't like the, the character, like the sorority girls in the house, right? Yeah. You know, the, the story itself was great. Characters, they were weak, not really fleshed out. And it, yeah, we don't okay. have to review it again. But yeah. I Michael's <laughs> more of a Billy kind of guy. <laughs> God, why did I bring it up? Yes, you uh, did. I knew there was something, though. I, it just had to come back to me. Thanks. Anyway. Is the one that we first brought him on. And I go, I'm so sorry about that. I, I'm sorry, I actually. It was my pick. All right. I'll take the blame. I think I think the statute of limitations is passed on that. I think that we've yeah. apologized enough times. <laughs> it's coming up on Thanksgiving again, so I mean, hopefully, we can make it up. So, okay, we might have another <laughs> pick that's going to be a crazy Thanksgiving movie soon. So, actually, the, with that, sorry, just real quick, is actually the first time I've ever seen the uh, a trailer for that movie that is coming up. I'm excited about talking about that one. <laughs> Which movie? What are you talking about? Uh, Heidelberg's pick later in November. So I won't give it away. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. Uh, well, I think we've all got a few things to talk about. Um, I know that you guys have appeared on some other friends podcasts recently, and we've had some group uh, kind of appearances, like pre-recorded type things. Heidelberg, you want to talk about something special that's coming out tomorrow? Uh, yeah, um, I'm a jerk. I was on the uh, I was on the Circle of Jerks podcast <laughs> as a guest host. Uh, episode 49. We uh, discussed Tetsuo the Iron Man. Oh, boy. It was a really fun time. And I just want to really say thank you. Big thanks to Andy and Rob for having me on. Um, it'll be releasing on their YouTube page, uh, I think, tomorrow. Awesome. And I believe it's just the Circle of Jerks podcast on YouTube. Cool, cool. Yeah, it was a good uh, time. Yeah, I uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your your take on that movie. I haven't actually seen it, but I've heard yeah. you know, some uh. of your previous thoughts about it. And I'd like to hear exactly. You know, well, if anything, Joe Bob just... covered it, and Straight Show and have an episode on it too that I recommend. You gotta watch it, Jacqueline. <laughs> it's definitely on my short list because I'm very intrigued by the idea of it. So it's it's an hour and really seven minutes. Wanted. So it's a quick watch. That's it. Oh, yeah, I could watch that tonight. Dang, in black and white. Okay, I dig it. No spoilers. It. No spoilers. Okay, well then maybe There's I'll hold off on the circle of jerks. Um, it's a very metal movie. <laughs> Whoa! Right well done. Well done. I like that. Uh, well, since it's such a short movie, maybe I'll hold off on the circle of jerks episode until I've actually watched it. But that's really awesome that you appeared on their show. Um, so yeah, they're they're a good. Uh, they they've got a great show. They're nice guys. I can't wait to hear y'all's discussion about it. Yeah, it was fun. And then John, you want to talk about light and shadow? Actually, before we do that, I want to talk about what Michael appeared on here just recently on our friends at Straight Chillin' Podcast. Uh, man, you appeared on a recent episode, which was really, really good. Yeah, they had me on um, as, uh, I guess, their resident Hellraiser expert. So I got to discuss the new 2022 Hellraiser with the new Hell Priestess. Um, I had a great time with that. Uh, it's It's been almost a year since I've done my own show and like eight, seven, eight months since I've appeared on any other show, which was, I believe, you guys last time. And um, so I was really kind of looking forward to to kind of getting behind the mic again. And that's refreshed it. And when you guys reached out, reached out to me, I'm like, yeah, I got to do it. Um, I had a great time uh, discussing Hellraiser, uh, coming up with some opposing views and um, telling everybody why it's probably the best horror movie of this year. So, Michael, awesome. 
Just for the record, how many times have you seen that movie? Ten times. Whoa. <laughs> In the span of how much time? Oh, uh, three days, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. You did. You did eat while you were watching, right? At least. Oh, of course. A couple meals or something. Okay. Yeah, you got to have the, the chicken hair. wings and you, you peel the skin <laughs> off just as you're watching the <laughs> yeah, cinema yeah. being created. It was great. <laughs> I saw yeah, that's dedication. Oh, yeah. And by the way, listen to that episode. It was so much yeah, it was great. Michael, you did a great job. Uh, Jacqueline, I'm going to go back to the question you asked me. Is that we, yes, we were on Light and Shadow podcast. We were talking about the movies that really inspired us uh, for the Halloween season. Yeah, or not movies, but it TV was. Show. Yeah, it was TV shows, episodes of TV shows. Uh, one of us actually talked about movies that you saw on basic cable, but mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It that was counts. Fun. And then Jacqueline, we we also kind of appeared on another show. Yeah, so we just had a, a little brief recorded message on the Spoils of Horror podcast, who are great friends of ours. We love their show. It's quickly become a favorite of all of ours. And they're such nice guys, and they really put out a fantastic show. They just had their one-year anniversary episode, um, not too long after our show, but uh, after our one-year anniversary. Uh, but they've made it a whole year with amazing content. Just, I mean, it's just like one of the highest quality shows of any type. I mean, not just horror reviews, but uh, actually, I don't do reviews, but horror shows. Um, yeah, fantastic podcast. We were, we've been proud to work with them a couple of times already, and we wanted to send them a special message, but regardless of that, you should be listening to that podcast anyway, seriously. So after you listen to us, go turn on spoils of horror. Cause it's great. Definitely. They, uh, they give you like, they peel back the curtain a little bit and they give you a little, uh, little info on how they put their show together and stuff. It was very interesting. And then they played some messages from us and some other podcasts as well sending well wishes and i just want to congratulate them on hitting a year yeah that's no small feat you know we we know it firsthand and to be as consistent as you guys are and to have such a great show it's it's really amazing um and obviously we are not the only major fans of their show because a lot of people sent in words of um congratulations and encouragement and praise for them which they richly deserve so I i do want to give them a real quick shout out is that um I'll get you soon, he man. <laughs> nice, John. Uh, they were. I mean, Skeletor, uh, sorry. They were giving. Uh, they were giving John shit for his uh, poor impersonation of Skeletor on a previous episode. <laughs> so uh, that's that's his defiant response. <laughs> it was. Sorry. That was awesome. Congratulations, guys! Uh, continue the Pilates. You know, you're doing great job. Oh my gosh. Still, Stephen cracked me up on that when he was like, I do not do Pilates. And yeah, he was very offended. He was talking about, I might as well be a ribbon dancer in the Olympics. Steven, like, twirling his ribbon around. We, we all have a crush on Steven. Um, he does not do Pilates. He does CrossFit. And, uh, and ribbon dancing. R- ribbon dancing. That was funny. All right. Sorry. Continue. Well, that, I think that's it as far as all of our extracurricular activities. Right. Um, but yeah, so we're continuing our Halloween month. This is the final episode for our weekly Halloween shows for the month of October. I do want to mention, uh, just on a side note, uh, Michael, this is kind of related to what you used to do on your show with the Fright Bites. But um, just before we started recording, I did eat about a half a box of Fruit Brute. 
the like <laughs> oh, she's got it with her redheaded stepchild Count that... Chocula and yeah. Boo Berry and Frankenberry. No, no, no. It was Frankenberry, it was Count Chocula, it was Boo Berry. And then That's what I'm saying. And then and then this is like the bastard yeah. stepchild fruit brew, which no I actually think... what's that? I said they had no werewolf representation, so they had to come up with some fruit brew. Yeah, yeah, so there are actually five. The other one is Yummy Mummy, which is not easy to find. But um, I think Fruit Brute is drastically underrated and totally overshadowed by its more famous brethren, which is a shame because Fruit Brute fucking rocks. You know your poo is going to be green tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, it's pink. Yeah, and it's... it will turn it uh, turn it green. Green, really? Oh, yeah. well, I'll look forward Michael to that. Michael sounds then. like he speaks from experience. <laughs> like the wine I'm drinking tonight. It's going to. That's turn not it what green. I would expect. I would ex- okay, but all right, <laughs> something to look forward to on Halloween. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, but no, it's delicious. It's cherry flavored. It has marshmallows in it. You should eat it. the The cereal part to me tastes like the um, what do you call them? In, in um, Captain Crunch, the Crunch Berries. It tastes like that to me. How's the milk when it's done? Is it good? Oh, I don't put cereal in my milk. What? What? You don't put don't milk put, in I your cereal. cereal. You don't put oh, milk. She's had oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't put milk on my cereal. But you put in it. Nothing. I just eat it crunchy. Stop. That's what I do. You don't put cereal on her milk. You never, not I even like almond milk or oat. Oat milk no, it makes your cereal soggy. That's gross. I want it crunchy, so I eat it dry and well, crunchy. You, you eat it right away, and it's got like <laughs> a little bit of both. But then you have to like wolf it down, and that's not. Like, oh, wolf it down. Are you hearing what I'm hearing? Is I don't put cereal on my milk. <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard that. I thought that, she meant that she only puts a little bit of milk. No, 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 no. I mainly like I don't put cereal on my milk. So you just okay. So you drink a glass of milk. Fine. That's fine, but you just eat it out of the box. I like I'll put it in a bowl and eat it with a spoon. Okay, that's fine, but I don't put. If you could just see Michael's face right now, I, he looks appalled, absolutely appalled. I'm <laughs> so... a little, yeah. I don't want to judge you or anything, but Jacqueline, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm judging. Yeah, I, I'm a little appalled. I I don't. Why? What is the big deal? There's like a texture thing with some I, people. I don't put cereal on my milk. Okay, okay. well that was just a, 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 a I misspoke. Okay. That's fine. Okay. But no, I'll, I'll eat my cereal out of a bowl with a spoon dry. And then if I feel like I need it, I'll have a glass of milk separately, but I don't, I don't want it. I don't want my cereal all soggy. I don't want the anti. I don't want my fruit brute. (laughs) You are the anti. I love the milk. I host a horror podcast. I'm so looking forward to our Halloween horror month. (laughs) Oh, there's like a perfect, uh, blend of when it's like semi crunchy sem- a little bit like getting no. soggy not soggy like because no. that's no. nasty no. I, I i understand that but i'm just bringing up i think so. join us next week when we'll be reviewing fruit root and and jacqueline's eating habits no we've already done we're gonna, that yeah we're gonna skip the movie next week and just talk more about Diners, di- drives and oh. dive-ins or whatever they call it with uh <laughs> that like old guy, uh, blonde guy. What's his name? Guy oh, guy Fieri. Fieri. oh, I'm like, what are we, where are we getting there? What's going on? Where are we? We're so I will world. say just while we're talking about the cereal, I will say that Joey thinks I'm absolutely psychotic for eating my cereal dry. And he's been oh, thank hound- hounding me about it for years. And I keep trying to tell him that it's normal and I have a reason. And then a few years ago, we watched the movie, Mr. Brooks. Did you guys ever see that with, um, 
Kevin Costner. Costner. He's like yeah. a serial killer, but he's like kind of genteel. And then um, Demi Moore is in it and Dane Cook. And then he has a daughter. Do you guys remember this? I remember the movie. I don't know if I've seen it. Very- okay, well, let me, I'm going to spoil it in a second. So okay. let me just, but this is related to the serial, I promise. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, close your ears. Is he a for serial a killer? So, well, okay. <laughs> There's a scene in the movie towards the end of the movie where you find out that the daughter is actually following in his footsteps. Uh. She's becoming a serial killer too. But earlier in the movie, she, it shows her eating a bowl of cereal with no milk on it. And I'm like, give away that something's wrong. I'm like, see other people do it too. It's not just me. And he's like, yeah. And she's a psycho. (laughs) But that's why they call them a serial killer. You don't put in milk on it. Yeah, you didn't put milk on it. You're killing oh, God, it. God, don't out me on the show. God damn it. I have a career. <laughs> you outed yourself, Eric. Do you uh mm-hmm. do you eat your Snickers bars with a knife and fork also? Or no, why would I do that? It's a Seinfeld reference. Oh, I don't watch <laughs> Seinfeld. I'm not a fan. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I love curb. I don't care for Seinfeld. Okay. I'm full of hot takes today. <laughs> anyway, that's enough talk about cereal. All right. But I did want I just so this started as me just wanting to share with you that fruit brute is delicious yeah, you and you much. can and you can get it at Target and you should eat it. Damn. That's all. With milk. No. <laughs> Michael's <laughs> eyes just lit up when he said that. <laughs> Today's episode anyway. is brought to you by milk. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's brought to you by General Mills and Fruit Brute. Yeah. Anyway, uh John, besides cereal, what kind of news do you have for us today? My god. A terrible transition, but um, <laughs> I know. well, that's I don't know what no, else. To no, say. no, no. I, I, I mean this with the utmost sincerity. Uh, we got to recognize uh, the 153 people that passed away in Seoul, Korea. Yeah, um, it was like probably one of the most awful things that I've heard about. I guess a bus like flipped over, and man, uh, thoughts and prayers to these guys. So uh, our, our our buddy uh, Justin from straight chilling podcast soju is out there and it's um oh my god <laughs> yeah i heard there was a crowd of like a hundred thousand people and there was just mm-hmm. a surge in the crowd and people got basically crushed to death like yeah 150 people just crushed it, it, it was um, for a halloween celebration which is just yeah. absolutely horrific yeah it was not anything that, that was considered uh um malicious but it just happened. Yeah, so. nobody was trying to hurt anybody else. It was just one of those things I that happens in crowds that are too people. big. And there's, you know, if a crowd is moving and there's a bottleneck situation, it just they can't, yeah. they can't get through. So, um, yeah, that was a terrible tragedy. Not what, not the kind of horror Halloween should be about. But yeah. unfortunately, that did happen, and uh, I'm, I'm sure news will still continue to unfold about that over the next few days. Hopefully yeah. they can figure out ways to stop that kind of stuff from happening. I mean, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. The condolences to all the families. Yeah. I, I just felt that we had to start it off with that because we do have a friend out there and, um, you know, just recognize the people that did pass away, the, their families and everything like that. So it, it, it's, it's sad, but. Um, well, and I'm thankful that our friend Justin is safe because he told us that he had been in that area just the night before. Right. Yeah, it's around his neighborhood. So easily, he could have yeah. so easily been there last night. So, well, I don't Mike, like to think about those close calls, you know. Right, and Michael, you agree. I mean, it, it was the fact that he was there, but not there, and you know, we're all thankful for that. Grateful that he's okay, but 
everybody else that suffered a loss is um, very sad, very uh, yeah. upsetting. So a horrible, horrible tragedy. Yeah, especially when they're celebrating a holiday. That's just joyous, you know. It sure. is something yeah. like that to happen. Well, my understanding was that that was one of the first really big kind of public gatherings and celebrations um, since COVID started. You know, people yeah. had still been kind of isolating a lot, but this was kind of the first big like return to public gathering in a, in a big way. And it was. And so it a went lot so of people wrong. showed up. Yeah. It was kind of a freak accident and it sucks. I mean, it's just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, yeah, I I had to mention that. Uh, on to lighter news, uh, Terrifier 2, which we may or may not be covering soon, um, went back to the theaters this weekend. How many weeks? Is this the fourth weekend? Like a in month, a row? Right? Yeah, fourth, fourth week in a row that it's gone back to theaters. They're going to keep it out uh, until tomorrow. Then it comes out on Screenbox. So it's made probably, eh, I don't know. I don't know what the box office is. Like six mil or something like that. Yeah. Last I checked, it was like 5.2 or something like that, I think. And I think, yeah, I think as of last last week, when yeah, we recorded, so probably, I think it was about 5.2. Yep. It made something oh. like 10 times its budget back, something like that. Yeah. It's exactly. so fantastic. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, even if you're not a big fan of Terrifier, which I know some people aren't, and that's okay, but hopefully you're a supporter of independent film and you, mm. you know, you want new creative films to be made that aren't just part of big franchises. And this is so encouraging that if you make a really good film, even on a low budget, you know, it can go, it can take off. Right. And I think that I hope that this will encourage more indie filmmakers on micro budgets and, you know, even production studios to want to encourage that type of, that type of growth as well and not just focus on the big stuff and then yeah, and like crowdfunding too that's yeah. that's what this movie did it was an india go-go um yeah. michael are you a wrestling fan i am not okay well here's the thing is that i was listening to a wrestling podcast and they were talking about this movie how it was like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but the fact that everybody it was like all word of mouth with this movie and the fact that like like you guys were saying it's like six million dollars that it made off a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget of, of people that funded it but it's more people going out to the theater going i gotta see if i'm gonna faint or throw up to this movie <laughs> yeah it had great marketing yeah i agree i mean i i, I yeah. think that's fantastic and then they're like okay after halloween we're going to put it on screen box. So. John, I, I actually saw Terrifier 2 in the theater. And I'll tell you the most disgusting thing I saw there. I leaned over and there was this woman eating cereal without milk. It was like in a bag. <laughs> it was appalling. I was so fucking terrified. Sorry, Jacqueline. You were I there. I feel like I've, I've unleashed just another opportunity to be uh, ridiculed and dragged through the mud for the next foreseeable Jacqueline, future. What are you talking about? That was you. Well, I didn't know you guys were going to react so straight. Should have told you me you were in me town, the, I didn't volunteer the. Uh, <laughs> shut up! I did not volunteer the part about the milk. You asked me about the milk, and I answered honestly. Which now, now I've learned my lesson about answering your questions honestly. Dang! Mercy's going to say she puts milk on everything, and then I, <laughs> everything. I put it on my All pizza. To- <clears throat> I put it on. My, I, I feel like we need that. We need the waxing the porpoise. Uh, Soundbite that he plays that Jim G baby plays that boy needs some milk. 
That actually would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I had no idea you guys would react so strongly. But anyway, John, That's is there other news? Or you, you'll redeem yourself later. I, I have to thank you for something at the end of the show. And um, it, it'll redeem you for this travesty of not eating milk with <laughs> cereal. Oh, sweet. Okay. Well, I look forward to somebody saying something <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, John, um, was that the end of your news or is there no, more? No, I got two more things and it's kind of two and a half. Uh, okay. Holiday season coming up right after Ooh. this one. Um, Christmas Cruelty. I sent you guys a text message of seeing that trailer of Christmas Cruelty. Did you watch it? I didn't. Mm. Sorry. Hyderberg said that it was from like seven years ago. So I was like, oh, what? And then I didn't watch it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Michael, have you seen it? Uh, I'm actually friends with Peringvar um so yeah yeah i got a nice little uh dvd autograph poster all kinds of cool stuff from it so, so you and i could talk about this this was a disturbing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yes it's um god the mask looks like uh, uh what's the one we did last year was it silent night yeah i noticed that from the air yeah. yeah so it was like silent night mask but santa claus had a chainsaw <laughs> and there's a baby in this just sitting in the middle of the room it was like a pan across uh scene of like people being tied up and this baby sitting in a in a uh what do they call those uh, bassinet. bassinet yeah and it was just sitting there and it was like this is disturbing uh he's actually um here we go. I, I'm trying to pull up a picture to show you real quick. He's he's actually back in the U.S. and um, he is this posted. The director? A, yeah, he he posted a little picture earlier. I don't know if you can see it. He's got Christmas cruelty wheelchair covers. Oh, oh no. that is, is rad. That, that's him. <laughs> that's him. Yeah, that is that's super rad. <laughs> I didn't know you could do custom covers on wheelchair um, wheels. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. He's he's from. Uh, I believe he's from Norway, and uh, I'm actually learning Norwegian right now because I plan on visiting there at some point in time. So him and I are kind of joking back and forth in Norwegian. It's it's fun. Neat. Oh, that's how, cool. How did you happen to meet him? Um, actually, uh, it was in a horror group on Facebook, and I had posted that I was looking for more, you know, Halloween or not Halloween, uh, Christmas horror because I I love Christmas horror, and he posted that you know he. He had copies of this movie and I'm like, oh, well, tell me more about it. And uh, one thing led to another. And uh, I got a copy, autograph copy uh, on DVD. I got this really disturbing poster uh, that's signed by him with all these really uh, dark images. I, I really worry about the man. That's part of why I keep in contact with him. So <laughs> when, when did this film friend. come out? Oh, oh god it's it's been a number of years probably i think someone jacqueline mentioned six or seven years it's it's been a while and that is why i didn't watch the trailer either <laughs> well, i didn't think this was news i thought yeah, you like why did this talk about violent night which is like I, i'm not an insider so i looked at like a bloody disgusting or something like that and it popped oh, okay. i was just like this is a disturbing trailer i've never heard of this movie ever so that's it's, why i said watch this it's getting an unearthed release right now, and this is it, it's hitting it's because it, it's been an independent release. Uh, now unearthed has picked it up, so I'm I'm really happy for for everybody involved in that movie. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, then Hydraberg goes, "You ever heard of a thing called Violent Night?" And I went, "No, I never heard of it." And it's got um, saw the trailer for that before Barbarian, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. 
That looked fun. Yeah. Oh, God, that looked fun. But it looked like an action movie. It does. Yeah. With like yeah. some gore and, and like cool kills. Yeah. yeah. And also add John Leguizamo to my list of, uh, well, I'm not going to be explicit about it, but the list already includes Jeff Goldblum oh, and guys um, like? Idris Elba. Yeah, so Jacqueline likes the hunky boys. Her, her her hall pass is John Leguizamo as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a growing list. Yeah, <laughs> that Joey um, does not agree to. So. so a friend of mine, uh, he went to New York Comic Con last or earlier in the month, and they had a early screening of Violent Night. Oh yeah, and he got to go in and see it, and he said it was awesome. Neat. Yeah. It looks like a fun time, especially in the theater. Yeah. What's that, John? No, the actor's name that uh, plays Santa Claus, but he's also David Harbour. David Harbour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some stranger Things. Yeah. Actually keeps with the lore of Santa Claus, which was fantastic. Well, he is Santa Claus in the movie. True, but I'm just saying with the lore of Santa Claus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also a lot like of the naughty. title. Yeah, Violent Night is cool. Yeah good it's diehard if it was an actual christmas movie kidding that's almost as controversial as not putting milk in your cereal bro oh god my heart is a christmas movie the same it doesn't it doesn't Uh, matter michael counterpoint it it is not just because it takes place during christmas doesn't make it a christmas movie to be a christmas movie it has to have a christmas uh message essentially it does don't fuck with bruce willis that is not a christmas message yeah. Oh, that's oh, going to my Christmas I, I, card I, I, this year. Yeah, don't fuck with don't fuck Happy with holidays. Holidays. Don't fuck with Bruce. <laughs> I'm getting a Christmas card that says ha ha ha. I now I have a machine gun. Yeah. That's Christmassy to me. Me too. I'm there is a message there. Movie. It's a there are there are messages in that movie. His relationship with his wife and his connection with his kids and there's there's a lot of stuff the friendship that he makes with the cop downstairs. Mm-hmm. I'm like looking there for are some a lot straws. Of Michael um, says no. I'm oh, is, are we straws. hitting the final one? <laughs> like, I do believe it wasn't created as a Christmas movie, but it's become over the years a Christmassy movie to people. They've, they've adopted it as their Christmas film that they like to watch during the holidays. So who am I to say no to that? To me, this I is kind of like Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas. Like, if it's a Christmas film to you, great. Watch it during exactly. Christmas. If it's not a Christmas film to you, then don't. Yeah. Fine. Like who like we don't need to we don't need to police each other's uh-huh. watching yeah. of movies. That's not what we're about, fellas. It's not a hill I'm going to die on. I wouldn't either. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> so John, what's the remaining uh half story? That's it. Oh, yep. that was it. Okay. Okay. Got it. Sorry. Cool. All right. Well, hmm. Who picked this film? I did. Okay, Hyderberg. You chose Pumpkinhead. Am I right that it was from 1986? As that it's was coming from 1988, out of my mouth. it was released in 88. But we were talking earlier that it was apparently it was filmed in 86, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. It Michael, is, is that what you're yes. saying? Yeah, it is believed so. Yes. Then I apologize. I should have said 88 then, because I I generally like to think of it, you know, the date we give us like the release date. So sorry about that. I should have said 88. No, it's fine, because when you look up a film, sometimes different sites will say different years based on, mm-hmm. you know, release date or whether the film released in the UK first. Sometimes they'll have that date first or something like that. So it's not always spot that's, on. That's the thing about like 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 uh, festival movies is that they come yeah. out two years before they actually come out to the general public. So yeah. 
you know, sometimes they count that date as the release, the official release date, even mm-hmm. though people like you mm-hmm. and I were not able to see it until a year later or something. So, mm-hmm. well, anyway, so Hyderberg, you chose Pumpkinhead from 1988. Would you care to share with us why I that did. was your choice? Now, I don't know. There probably could be a debate whether this is a Halloween film or not, because it's not really a Halloweeny film, but it's called Pumpkinhead. It's got a demonic revenge monster in it that has a pumpkin head who's spawned spawn from a demonic pumpkin patch. Uh, it's Halloweeny enough for me. And it's a film that I've always liked as a kid. It was uh, it had a scary box at the video store. And uh, I wish I was creepy. So I just thought it would be a good pick. And then Jacqueline told me you hadn't seen it yet. I thought that was awesome, too. That At least it's always cool when one of us or a couple of us haven't seen the film. So I so that's one of my favorite things about the show, actually, is that I'm given an opportunity to watch things that I haven't. Well, I mean, I know that anytime I could watch stuff that I haven't seen before, but it's yeah. nice to have an actual reason to do it and then have a discussion about it afterwards. And so it's it's nice to have that impetus for me to to get on some of these things that are, you know, get like we all have gaps, right? Mm-hmm. So um this was a gap <clears throat> for me and now it's closed and I'm really glad. So awesome. Yeah. So, now yeah, you just have I'm, to see the sequels. How many are there? There are a there's four movies total. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's not so bad. I mean some of these franchises go on for like 15 movies. So <laughs> <laughs> all right well cool so fellas shall we determine whether this film fucks or sucks oh yeah absolutely that is a yes okay hydroberg <laughs> i think i can tell what michael's gonna say uh hydroberg since this was your pick why don't you go first absolutely uh this is definitely a fuck for me this is a a really demented revenge filled fuck you know where like you're just like kind of taking out your frustration on that person because they they wronged you but at the end of the day maybe it's a mistake i don't know okay so you might have some questions about uh, for yourself about about this yeah. particular fuck will you regret right. it who knows i don't know michael our dear friend what say you oh this this is a this is a great tender fuck this is one that <laughs> oh you my. You, you take it out to dinner, you light candles, you prep the bed with some rose petals. This is a chef's kiss fuck. And then you wow. you slice a you slice your hand and <laughs> let it bleed. Out. Yeah. And you bury her in the pumpkin patch after and let her come back mm. for more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so romantic. Oh <laughs> Johnny. Johnny, is it a nice tender romantic fuck for you too? Ooh, this is dirty. This is dusty. Uh, (laughs) Dusty, like the hag. Like the fucking dead body. Yeah. I'm going to say this is not a flaccid fuck. It's one of those fucks that you enjoy. Maybe you'll go back to every couple of years, but it's not a full-on fuck for me. Okay. Jacqueline? I'm going to agree with John. Um, Maybe it's just because it was my first viewing. Maybe I need a few more, um, you know, go arounds around the bed with this one. But um, it it was it was kind of a flaccid fuck for me. Um, I'll talk, you know, more about why. But it's I'm I'm glad I'm glad that I had the, the experience with this one, but not not my favorite. Not my favorite. Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Sorry, I'm just I'm I, you. I can feel okay. hatred. Coming You're not. From you can't guys, shock so. me anymore. You told me about your cereal habits. I, there's no way. Okay. You know who also eats their cereal like that? Rob Zombie. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. I was like like holding off on that, but thank you, Hydraberg, for doing that. Yeah. He said he he eats cereal just like that every time he writes one of his new opuses. Yeah. Well, then I'm proud to be a good company. Yeah. So there. He said John. 31 was inspired by a dry bowl. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Sometimes I don't know what crunch. to do with you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Did you say Captain Spaulding's Crunch? Yeah. <laughs> now, For a second, was, it sounded like Jacqueline Spaulding's Crunch. Well, that's that's the cereal I'd buy without milk. Mm. Jacqueline Spaulding's Crunch. I think it has a nice ring to it. But anyway, John, would you like to drop the spoiler warning so that we can get nice and spoilery about Pumpkinhead? Here's a spoiler alert. We're going to talk about Pumpkinhead from 1988 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, and then find out what we thought about it. All right. Crunchy. (laughs) So crunchy. Hydroberg, do you have a reach around for us? I do. I'm going to give you a crunchy reach around. Oh, gross. <laughs> this is a revenge field reach around. How about that? The best kind. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Mm-hmm. A boy and his pop run a small town shop where city folk one day stop. A motorbike jumps a hilltop, causing a child's heart to stop. His father now filled with rage. His will to live now hard to gauge. Consumed with vengeance, frees a demon from its cage. Revenge his master, he now a slave. A deal with a hag he's come to make, but soon realizes he's made a mistake. A ritual he cannot break. His blood drawn by a witch. Now Ed Harley has gotten his wish. Revenges his meal, he's made it a dish. It's one that's best served cold. A tale of a monster most certainly old. Ed's only choice is one that's bold. To sever his connection to this demonic affliction, Ed must be a man of severe conviction. As he chambers around to the barrel, there's friction. He puts the gun up to his head and walks the road that laid ahead. He's got revenge, and now he's dead for summoning the pumpkin head. Yes. Holy cow. Nice one. This is actually based on a poem, by the way. Okay. It is. is. But and you know what? The poem's not as good as your reach around. I I have to say. I'm being totally sincere. Thank you. Can I say I say I love the relationship between Lance Harrickson and, Thank his, you. Dog. Mm-hmm. and his dog. Yes. No, his son. son. Oh, I was going to say, the dog's cool too, but. Well, the, the dog's cool. It's like Benji. It's, it's like part of the whole mix. The do- I got to say, fuck that dog, because it's the dog's fault that the oh. kid got hurt anyway. So. Okay. The dog is just yelling at people to get off his lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> but yes, the relationship that they set up between Ed and Billy is like super endearing and it's heartwarming. Sweet. Right off the bat, it's very touching. Yeah, they yeah. do like a little homage, like a, 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 a montage of like them getting the store together in the morning, and they're like get you know what they do to get prepped to go to work together, and the it's just the really vegetables and the fruits and stuff like yeah. that. I thought that was so. Yeah, I love that. I thought mm-hmm. that it, it was great and it didn't bore me. I mean, this is a, a movie like in what hour and 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That whole montage was like fantastic. Mm-hmm. I did like it. And it's like a stark contrast to when they, they cut to the douchebag Joel mm. like on his way 
that guy's such a piece of shit. Yeah, but that, that was another thing that bothered me was his character arc of like, I don't want to be a douchebag anymore. And I'm going to. Yeah, I don't. I, oh. I wrote that down. I don't like that. They tried to make him sympathetic at some point. Right. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I didn't like that. No. Well, I mean, for so many reasons. Um, so first of all, there's not like we don't see a believable impetus for him to change. Yeah. Right. Like his friends are pleading with him. Try to do the right thing. Come on. We have there's still time. If we tell them this, you know, I'm sure it won't be a bad thing, you know, and his friend is even like, I'll take the fall. Tell him it was me. And he still refuses the whole time. And he's just really doubling down on his douchery. And then it seems like out of nowhere, he's just like, well, I'm going to be a better person now. And then he becomes not just like less of a douchebag. He's like all of a sudden, like super selfless. And he's like, no, I'm not leaving without you. I'm not leaving without Steve or whatever. And it's after his brother dies. I think that he makes that turn, but it doesn't feel natural. It's not organic. Well, yeah, it, no, he didn't it's... really seem close with his brother. Like no, they were, they were antagonistic towards each Michael. other. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's not. It, it doesn't flow. It doesn't. It's not believable. Um, and it's just it's such a stark contrast that it kind of pulls you out of it. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I I thought the thing that pulled you out of it is that he locks the other couple into the uh, pantry, and then it's just like, well, okay, I'll let you out. Because this happened, it was just like, okay, so that's what caused you to turn. I guess it was a demon pumpkin head monster after them at that point. So Whoa. he needed help. Well, the other problem with him becoming like so, you know, good, quote unquote, is that it takes away, it, it dilutes a little bit the catharsis that we're seeking. Because, okay, you guys know how I feel about kids dying in movies. I don't yeah. like it. Um, and so, when that kid got hurt and it looked like he was going to die again, remember this is my first time seeing it. So I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, when that kid got hurt and it looked like he was going to die. I was like, fuck, I fucking hate movies where kids die. I didn't want to see this. I didn't want to like have this sad experience. Um, I'm going to deduct half a star for kid dying. I, you know, I'm not, I was not feeling it, but then the only thing that kind of kept me wanting to watch it is like, this guy has to get like, the most spectacular comeuppance because this movie is setting up like a moral thing where like you you can feel confident that there's going to be like a major comeuppance for this character and it's going to be very cathartic for the viewer to like feel better about like he's going to get what he deserves right right um but i feel like that gets diluted by the fact that a his his other friends who were not really responsible for what happened like they die first so yeah. he's the he's the last one to to die b the fact that he has like sort of tried to become a good person now i feel like that kind of takes away from that like satisfactory like, like that satisfying feeling of finally watching him die and c i just don't think his death is like really that cathartic it's just kind of like it, it kind of feels like any just any of the others it doesn't that really was, stand out that was a problem with me is with the gore because they could have extended this to where it was just like you know ripping heads out and they made it very practical because uh apparently this was made in 86 so looking at this movie is that it could have been that much more but like like this character i don't know what it was about the script is that okay maybe they rewrote it in the middle 
where it was like, no, he's got to be a sympathetic character because at the beginning he had hurt uh, a, a, another child or killed another child. And I know a woman. He he caused some accident or something. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was the thing. And then all of a sudden he like made this turn of like, well, that's a problem. I mean, the brother kept yeah. saying, "No, he was fine. His dad came and picked him up. No, the child's dead." But, and they didn't know that. So it was like, so, you know, the continuity there wasn't, wasn't there. It wasn't believable, his turn. It wasn't a good character arc. They, they, these characters don't really have much to do besides be victims. And mm-hmm. Ed's the main focus. And then if we could have got a little bit more development with these other characters, maybe we would have felt more for them. Um, I think to have a sympathetic moment where like Joel mourns his brother's death, that would have been fine. But Overall, he's still a dick, right? Like we get that he he's mourning his family's loss, but at the end of the day, like he, we've seen too much of him in the beginning to think that this character would ever just change his ways all of a sudden. Even when there's a demonic monster after you, like, well, and the first thing that you see the character do is that he's been drinking beers with his IROC Z, like going down to this country road, and all of a sudden getting on a motorbike, and then I'm just gonna jump hills and he's like a motorbike dude that's why they were out there to like film yeah i get that obviously he's got but he's like such an intense douchebag that like even when a child's life is at stake he doesn't want to risk his own the first thing he does i mean that's just as soon as he hits him yeah i'm gonna jump back into my irock z and get the fuck out of here as soon as he hits him it was a corvette by the way john whatever deplorable (laughs) but hydroberg you hit on something a second ago that i want to just highlight which is that We've already been shown too much of his horrible, selfish behavior to believe that he would have a change like that. Like, like the teen characters don't get developed very well, but Joel, we do see, like, we are shown very clearly what kind of a person he is. And so I feel like it's kind of um, like playing the audience for a fool to expect us to just accept that. I feel like yeah. it's underestimating our intelligence and I don't care for that. I think it's just yes. like lazy, bad writing. Exactly. And I don't really know what the point is. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious about what Michael thinks about Joel. I actually relate to Joel. Oh my God. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, no, I, like I said before, it, it's, it's such a, a 180 for no reason it, it didn't feel organic I, I you just don't care for the character you know yeah. you understand he's the he's the main reason that Pumpkinhead is is here um it's supposed to be a, reve- a revenge flick but um I don't know it's it it changes drastically you don't get that like Jacqueline was saying you don't get that satisfaction of seeing his his kill the way we want because of the the character change and they've also changed the focus it's not going after him it, it's going after all these sub characters and then we find out the you know the tie to, to ed harley and you know now it's become how is ed gonna handle this now that he realizes his mistake and and so on so it, it's i don't like the character this is another one like black christmas i love the movie but i don't really care for the characters except for ed harley yeah i, I and i didn't like uh, that character, but I think the fact that they were all killed around him, he was one of the last ones killed in the movie. It was just like he, he was the last one killed. Yeah. Okay. So, like for me, it was just like that Torture. was cool. Yeah. He, he he was totally tortured, and it was just mm-hmm. like 
that was the cool part of the movie to me is that everybody else around him that was trying to say, Hey, no, 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 stay here. Call the cops. This, this child's dying. I mean, I don't know. I, did the kid die right away? Well, no, because his dad you know, didn't bring him to a hospital. He brought him home for some reason. I don't know why that happened either. Right. Unless the hospital was really far. I mean, this is like a backwoods sort of. So maybe sound, so. maybe it was a little plot hole. And then we got the uh, country bumpkins. I said it right. I <laughs> so said it right. I like when they show up <laughs> in the beginning because they drop a little bit of the lore of Pumpkinhead without mm-hmm. just like, you know, sh- showing it right to you like they tell you a little bit but through song and that's the actual poem yes that they're singing okay and did you also notice that one of the kids is blossom Maya yeah Bialik. yes yeah. it really An early appearance of her yeah, has a child. yeah. Her first it was her first film role yeah mm-hmm. oh okay mm-hmm. she's one of the kids that. she doesn't really speak too much in the in the role but she had done uh two things prior like facts of life and something else and then this was her yeah her first feature yeah, like uh, the first movie. Yeah, I was waiting for her to take <clears throat> in a song like "Don't Know About the Future." <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> wow. I can't remember the rest. Whoa! <laughs> you must have been like, when I realized a she Blossom was in the... super fan. Yeah, I did watch Blossom. I like Six. She was hot when I was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, true. I had a crush on Six. Jenna that was a good. Oy. That was a good show. Jenna Oi. Yeah, man, she was. Yeah, I had a crush on her too. It was, and the granddad was funny as fuck. Blossom mm-hmm. had some sick fashion. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> back to the fashion of Pumpkinhead. <laughs> a lot of overalls in this movie, right? Am I right? A lot of what? Overalls? overalls. Okay, so so did Pumpkinhead look like a pumpkin or the alien from Alien Aliens? Well, alien. Alien looked like the alien. So Stan Winston actually designed the queen from Aliens. Yes. And he's the he's the director and he did part of the story for this film as well as I'm, I'm assuming his the creature features part. He did not. He, he did, did not. not. He didn't. No. Wow. Nope. That was That's really crazy. surprising. Yeah. Did he help design it at all? No. He Who he gave feedback when asked, but he had his oh. own. He had like a, a an effects company do it, and he was That's so you know this was his directorial debut, and so he was really focused on being a mm. director and trying to hone the story, and so he just kind of gave the reins to the effects. Wow crew and was like you guys do it and they would come to him with sketches and be like just enough do we need more and he would just be like oh no that's good or oh a little more here so, and they would just he gave them he like trusted them to to have control Jacqueline I'm going to ask you this is that this part of your trivia it sounded like the sound of the thing from 1982 like when it would do the you know, almost like a like a like a skittering a, kind of yeah rattle, right? rattlesnake or something like, like it's that. coming through the woods, almost like leaves and like this weird noise like, of its arrival. I don't have any trivia about that. Do you know anything about that sound well, effect? Because I was wondering about that, but I didn't. I didn't. I do know that this film, it. this film uses a couple sound effects that are in a lot of other films. Like there's like a bat rat noise when he when Ed enters the hag's cabin that has been used over and over again in like Dracula films. There's like the howl of a wolf when he's in the woods that we've heard in so many films before. That's sure. just like, yeah. I just, so who knows? Maybe they sampled something. Then he appeared. Michael, do you have any kind of trivia about that? I mean, because to me, it almost sounded like the thing where it was like, you know, it was like like multiple snakes coming up or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't have anything. I'm actually looking it up now uh, just to see. But yeah, I hadn't heard anything like that. I I, I didn't get the 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 thing feel 
but uh, thinking about I it at the time. Kinda, yeah, that's what it reminded me of something, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was. I thought maybe it was alien. Actually, there was a, I, a sort of noise that sh- showed its arrival. So, yeah. 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 What did you think of the look of the creature? Because I like it. Uh, There's a couple spots where it looks a little spotty. Like when it's in the house and the lights really focused on it, it looks fake. When it's walking around in the night with the atmospheric fog and like the leaves and the woods that I like, Jacqueline, you look like you're ready to tear them up. No, I'm going to. I liked when there was actually a guy in the suit and like drool coming out of his mouth. Like I like those parts. Jacqueline, blood echo. Go ahead. I hate it. I don't you like the look it? of it. You don't like yeah. the look of it? I wanted it to, like, it's not a pumpkin head. No, <laughs> like, why is it not a pumpkin head? It's called pumpkin head. It should have a pumpkin head. I, I it was. It I doesn't. Was. It the whole back of his not. head is, is bulbous yeah, it's like, similar, a pumpkin. like a gordish shape. Yeah. And it no, comes it's fake. No, it looks like, it no, looks it, like it, a it fucking not... alien or a, le- it looks like an alien leprechaun is what here's, it looks like. Here's our leprechaun. Here's, here's yes, its we're, face here. looks like a fucking leprechaun. Yeah, here, here's the thing. Been eating too much cereal. Yeah, here's too much red dye number two. I'm on Jacqueline's side. It did not look Thank like you. a pumpkin at all. I, it it just looked like the alien that was like morphed into something. Like, Thank you. That's what it felt. I feel like, like you're too focused on the title. I get that though. Like it's not a literal pumpkin. Like he didn't it spawn is from a called pumpkin. pumpkin head. I know, and he comes from the pumpkin patch. He came yeah. from the pumpkin patch, and he was like a little baby, and then all of a sudden grew into a pumpkin head guy. But it was alien, especially with the. Well, he's alien in form. He looks alien. I mean, he's he not a human. and it was just like the long, elongated head, and it was just like what. This yeah, is not- it has like the elongated head, like a, like alien, and then its face looks too human. It looks like well, it um, becomes more human over time. The more he bonds with Ed Harley's character, uh, and Michael and Hydraberg. I'm sorry, I disagree. I agree with Jacqueline. This did not look like a pumpkin at all. Here's it, actually, it's it's kind of funny. You guys are talking about this right now. And looking for the the sound design <laughs> info, I'm on this uh, website, um, and they're talking about. Um, I guess one of the, the creators, he says, Mark and I first played around with the Revenge Demon as a Lovecraftian scaly monster like the ones in our Super 8 projects. Then we got sidetracked into an interesting area. A lot of people thought if it's called Pumpkin Head, it's got to have a pumpkin for a head. Gee, I wonder why anyone would think that. It says we got into trying to do a Sleepy Hollow type of creature that the witch would tell Ed Harley about. So, Okay, that's fine. I mean, it actually, the, 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 the infant Thing that he pulled out of the grave looked more like a pumpkin than what well, they I think the, showed. I think the pumpkin head it, it more spawns from the lore that the townspeople say how it's how it looks to them because few people have seen it, right? So they're just you they've see, deemed it pumpkin head. It's not a literal pumpkin headed monster. I get that, but I mean you can you can watch you know the beginning part, but that's such a small minute part of the movie of you know Lance Herrickson digging it up and there's maggots crawling over his hands and he brings it back to the witch and you know raises this thing that looks like alien. So I'd like to ask a question what do we think the tie is I haven't seen the sequels and if I have it's been a long time. Um the tie that this thing has to the witch. Is this her spawn? Is this her son? I don't think so. So the impression she buries that... it in the end again. And it looks the way she's holding it. It looks almost like a baby the way. Well, no, she's the harbinger of this thing. That's what she is. She's the harbinger. I mean, understandable, she, but she raises this thing. 
You know, it's like you you have to bring this back to me. Mm. For me, I feel like Wallace might be more of the uh, harbinger, if anything, because he's the one who warns Ed about what he's going to do and how it's going to damn him. Well, the thing about the witch is like, I don't she so she gives us a little bit of information where she's like, every human evil has its own demon. Okay, so so and the one you're looking for is revenge. So if that's what you want, then I'm gonna do this for but it sounds like she maybe has control over a bunch of different things that just aren't in this movie, that you know, corresponding demons for whatever human sin. Um, so I I think of it, I don't think of it as like her spawn. I just think maybe she's kind of like the keeper because it seems like she's made some kind of pact with the devil or something to have her like powers, and she says her soul is already damned. Yeah, look Um, how old she looks. Yeah, but um so Whiskers po- pointing out that was that, that good makeup, hot. but I, I, I thought it was pretty hot actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, after I go sexy. through menopause, Heidelberg, I'll get back to you. <laughs> uh, but so it, it seemed to me like she was just kind of like the keeper, like she's the one who has the knowledge about this, and she's been she's had like some kind of you know witchcraft powers bestowed upon her that she has the ability to do these things, and so I don't think it's like her spawn, I just think it's like oh, she knows how to like summon this thing. And she knows the ritual, and then she knows what to do with it when it's done. That's kind of just she, the impression I got. Right. Well, Lance, a, yeah, he, he comes back to the house, and it's like, how do we kill this thing? And it's like, you have to make the ultimate sacrifice. Like, to me, that was like, perfect. Okay, so you have to make the ultimate sacrifice because this thing's attached to you because you've asked for revenge from this thing. Because- and then it takes its toll from you as it exacts the revenge mm-hmm. right and and like the way he acted throughout the movie was so beautifully done you know he's got his nose bleeding it's almost like Firestarter, where it's just like you know, you know I'm, I'm trying to use my mind and his nose is bleeding and it's just you know he falls down yeah he's the highlight of this film in absolutely. my opinion absolutely it felt like like almost like an evil dead type movie too a little bit I do really like, uh, as much as you guys don't like the monster, like, I like the... So, I feel like the design of the monster is cool. You just don't like that his head's on a pumpkin. I don't think he looks awful. Well, no. I think he looks cool. It's just that's, that... So that's not, not what you thought he that's should not look complete, like. Well, that's not completely it for me. Like, yeah. yes, it is true that I was expecting to see a thing yeah. with a pumpkin for a head. Like, yeah. even like a distorted one, I was expecting some kind of pumpkinry. Um, but beyond that, even, I gotta say, I don't I don't love the design. I don't yeah. find it scary. It's like, I don't know. It's there's, there was one moment that I did find it disturbing and I, I forget what was going on in the action, but he kind of steps into a room and then steps back out and then goes back in again. And then there's like a close up and like, there's a spittle, like mm-hmm. oozing that down was in the from house when he grabs jump. that one. Woman. Yeah. Okay. So that during that moment, I was like, Ooh, that's pretty terrifying. But beyond that, I just, it didn't, it for i think creature like movie creatures it's such a risky thing because like everybody's idea of what is disturbing or scary is different and you know one thing that somebody loves could just not work for the other person and this monster just didn't work for me and i don't know if you guys remember this but we we had the same kind of breakdown on the ritual um the ritual yeah i didn't like the remember your opinion and you guys did but um this one it just doesn't hit for like if i'm gonna if i'm gonna be like to me a monster is better when you only see like flashes of it for half a second like in cloverfield 
Um, but this one's like you stare at it for a lot of time. And if if I'm gonna stare at it, it needs to be like objectively, like empirically frightening. And it, this just didn't do it for me. I thought what would have added for me is if they would have added more gore to it. I mean, it it, it was not overly gory. I, I I think that this imposing practical effect that they had, which actually I kind of loved. I love the practical look of it, but it just did not do anything for me. I, I mean, it was just like like slashes across the face or across, like it was demonic or something like that. And it just didn't really do anything for me. I, I watched this movie when I was younger and I remember it being better, but like this time. Oh, we're young, yeah. Yeah, and, and watching it now, it's just like it didn't have that same effect. I thought mm. the story of the dad and the son had more of an effect on me than, you know, with the gore and, and, you know, how the whole story played out was just like, oh, this is stupid. It it could have had more gore, definitely. I, I do think, like, it had some interesting kill. I did like that it killed people differently. Like, it didn't just slash them or bite them. Like, oh, sure. When sure. it rams the gun through... Uh, Joel and then like impales him with it and holds it up like I thought that was interesting you know it would have been cool that like after that he just rips the body in half or something like that because that's the kill you want to see Joel get anyway like because he's a total douche yes I I like that I would have appreciated that yes I did like that the monster seems to be somewhat human maybe or like it has intelligence like it taunts its victims and like the way it held the woman's face up to the window and kind of tries it tries to scare its victims it seems and before it like takes them out and plays games like holding people up in the tree and then dropping them. But yeah, if there was some more gore, like when the woman hit the rock and her maybe her head caved in or something, that would have been because it, it would have fit for this kind of film. It's an 80s sure. monster film. So to have more of that gore would have been really cool. I also just I did like the environment of like the pumpkin patch. I just th- I just love the imagery of that. There were a, a, a couple of really cool like shots in this film as far as spooky imagery. I thought the look of the punch pumpkin patch was great but yeah you're right it just didn't add to the you know the the the, like the lore well the lore of of pumpkin head coming out but it was just like it felt like a fantasy and then all of a sudden we went back to a slasher uh humanoid possessed thing what about you what do you think yeah what (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Oh. This this creature, um, okay, like Jacqueline says, you know, one thing works for one person, doesn't work for the other person, and so on. But this creature is like 10 feet tall. It has a, a bulbous pumpkin-like head, the start of wings coming out of its shoulders, these 12-inch long nails, claws, that extra joints in its legs that bend backwards, milky white eyes, fangs, drools. This creature has a ton of fright to it. I, I love this creature. And I love the fact that Tom Woodruff and Alec Gillis they had full creative control. I love that Stan Winston said, you do what you need to do. You're I'm the client. You're the design team. He's he completely stepped back. Um, I think they could. Oh, and a tail. He has a tail. That mm. just 
adds to the whole demonic aspect of it. I absolutely love this creature. Yes, some of the the movements are a little robotic and a little um, stiff at times, but that's to be expected. When you look at similar leg setups, like for Project Metal Beast, for example, Kane Hodder and that that giant leg setup werewolf thing, doesn't flow very fluid but everything else about this creature i absolutely love it i i see a lot of fear to it i think they held back on my personal opinion they held back on the gore because they didn't want to cheapen a lot of it when you look at a lot of gory films from the mid to late 80s it's very plasticky and bright red gore and and not so realistic this added a little bit more realism to it so and his job really is just to kill the the people and move on it's just there to kill everybody that was involved to get the revenge for the summoner and that's it so i i I take a breath but but the thing (laughs) is is that you've got this like supernatural thing couldn't you have added like a, a supernatural kill almost like somebody being broken in half Basically, yeah that would have been cool what they did was is they threw a woman like got got pulled up and it, it was fantastic because you know this thing can reach its arm down and pull this woman up and then break her back on a on a rock but couldn't he have just like snapped her in half and just you know give this practical effect of a, a woman snapped in half yeah, that would might have been an expensive um, effect. I think they blew a lot of the like money on the actual budget so. on the monster. I really don't think so because what you could have done is you could put this woman on the ground, you know, not CGI'd it out, but like you mm-hmm. you could have made her look like she got snapped in half by this supernatural creature of like bam, and her legs are over here, her head's over here, mm. like a V, you know, also- well, kind of like in Halloween three when the girl was like part of her like her head or something was coming out right, of the ground right. but she had there was a, and then there was a stunt body somewhere else and i don't yeah. i don't think it would have been that much more expensive to have her like laying on a rock of blood coming out of her mouth i mean it was like snapped in half get rid of the rock of her just laying in a v <laughs> yeah i also think that i don't know if they skimped on gore some of these kills could have been more impactful if we were more emotionally connected to these characters and then like her just dying on a rock would have hit more because we're like, oh, fuck, Tracy's dead. You know what I mean? That we is the time with Tracy. And we know she's an innocent. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. she really didn't do it. She tried to help out when this accident happened and they just they kind of let Joel run the show, unfortunately, which does happen in real life sometimes like shit like that happens. But which was um, a nice continuity of the movie is that, you know, this guy is trying to get revenge for his son of dying because of getting run over by a motorcycle guy. And it wasn't everybody's fault, you know, and it was like, that was nice about the movie. It was just like, get revenge on everybody. He is so grief stricken that I want to get rid of everybody. But if those characters weren't just trapped in a pantry for fucking 15 minutes, we want to spend a little bit more time getting to know them. Where when she gets dropped on a rock, we would have been like, oh, crap, you know, she's dead or I don't know. And then the less less gore would have still worked. It was a good one. That it was a dope scene when uh Pumpkinhead pulls that girl over the roof. That was actually a really nice shot. I liked it when he pulled um what's her name through the window, Maggie, when he pulled yeah. her through the window and then kind of just like left her there and then she was like pouring blood. Oh yeah. That he was, like that showed was her good. off at first too, like in yeah, front he, of he, like his... 
rubbed her face on the window it's on the window yeah and she's still <laughs> and alive i kind of like, like that. smashed her through the window and just let her slump over there and, and there was like a I, sheet of blood coming down from her that that i liked i love the full body view when he's holding uh the guy impaled with the gun and you see the full body and everything yeah. the silhouette and yeah. i love that part that's when i thought it was good and i do love how like mike you said how tall he like he's an imposing figure mm-hmm. um, yeah how like big he's he is huge and from what I was reading, the lore is the more people that summon him. So if like a group of people summon him, he's even bigger. Right. So like the more people. That, so since one person summoned him, he's a certain size. But apparently in the lore, it's like in the sequels, he's bigger in size in certain aspects. I know that's not this film, but no, no, reading up like I didn't pick that up at all. I just know that I, I picked up the it's fact something that, that I read. The fact that, um, you know, the guy that that is trying to seek revenge spills his blood with the person that he's trying to get revenge for spills their blood and that's what causes pumpkin head that's what i got yeah and in, in all the the sequels that i can remember uh blood wings ashes to ashes all that it's um it's still only one person i think that summons them right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's not a group in one of the sequels because when i was reading up on it it said something about several people summoning them in one of the movies and as those uh, people die, he grow he he declines in size. I don't remember several people. I, yeah. I mean, I remember. The I just judges. thought that was an interesting yeah. fact about his yeah. characteristics. Um, just kind of shifting gears a little bit here. I really like the overall atmosphere of this movie. I like that it's this very small, isolated town with these like country people. Mm-hmm. But something I like about this movie is that. You know, these are these are not wealthy people that the the people who live in this town, not the visitors, but the people who live in the town, they're not wealthy, but they're not they're not portrayed as like foolish country bumpkins like like a lot of movies, you know, like mm-hmm. um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, especially the remake, like it kind of portrays them as these like um, like degenerate sometimes. And yeah. I don't feel like this movie does that. I think it's a little more respectful towards the townspeople in like this movie. They're, and they're family people, you know, they have families and uh, their small business that they run or their farms. And yeah, they're family, they're, they're family oriented people and they don't automatically like hate or antagonize the city visitors. Like not at I all. Mean, they, they're, they don't, they don't have a reason to until they're being disrespectful. And then like, um, I and then like, love, you know, kill, killing the child. But like before they're not like, get out of here, you city slickers that like there's none of that kind of automatic antagonism. Like they're just played more as real people. And I appreciate that. I love the way it wrapped around like that. It was like it reached around. Reached around. I, I love the way it wrapped around of, you know, this guy going like I said, I killed this girl, but I didn't, you know, and please help me. You know, are you a good Christian man? And was like. It was the same thing like when Lance Harrickson went up there and it was just like he came out, just get away from this door, you know, well, same, <laughs> yeah, same out families. Like when he was younger. Yeah. When he was a kid, yeah. he, he, he was like laying in bed and like his mom's trying to comfort him and his dad's like, comfort the kid. You know, we can't let this guy in because something is coming. Well, like it's Michael this- said, that the pumpkin head's only taking out the targets that it's kind of that are marked by the curse. Right. But it's it will kill you. The headless you horseman way. from last yeah. week. Similar, actually. Mm-hmm. So if you do get in its way or mess with it, like it will take you out. Yep. 
Yeah, but it's also, not after read... if you're not the one who's like marked, it's not specifically after you. I also, uh, Michael, you've seen the sequels. I read that also. Uh, so like it's killed in this film, but if it's revived at some point and it's given a new uh, task, it will complete the original one first, like its last one. So like any of the survivors mm. from this film, even though they survived this film, I'm assuming they die in two because when he's resurrected, he's going to finish that work first before he takes oh. on a new job. Almost like, well, yeah. Well, that was the heaven. Heaven's watched the sequels in a long time. So yeah. All right. Seeing... So we're going to cover them. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> well, the end of the movie, you see that that little talisman that that the son gave the dad, mm. mm-hmm. and yeah. he, it got buried. So apparently, Lance Erickson, him, yeah, he became the new Pumpkinhead. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because he's he, kind he of was tragic. Yeah, it is. It was. I do like the fact that they. It's not just a revenge film and a monster that just goes on a killing spree. That like the guy who did summon it at the time. Like he that's what he wanted, his revenge. Right. But we all know that some that doesn't satisfy you. Even if those people were killed, like you're not going to feel whole after that. You well, lost. Somebody. Yeah. And he, so like he realizes the error of his ways and kills himself. Yeah. He ha- he realizes that's what he has to do when he yeah. when he hits himself with the pitchfork. He realizes there's a bond. I yeah. do like that scene, how like Pumpkinhead's face becomes more human like and then like Hendrickson's eyes milk over and become like a reddish white like that. So that was scary. Awesome. Yeah, that looked awesome. And there was like a, a staring contest between the two of them for a second there. <laughs> yeah, Lan- old Lance looked pretty frightening when he started to become like less human. That was upsetting. Um, but th- but I feel like that does make sense then f- when you get that kind of final shock that like he's the new pumpkin head. His, his body is the one that's buried in the grave that the witch that the witch puts there. Um, I really love the whole atmosphere. I love the atmosphere of the woods. I think they're like sufficiently yeah. creepy. It's like a place I wouldn't wander around at night, except that I, but that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that they're, so I love anything witchy and I love that there's the witch in the woods and she's the one that the people go to when they need like help that's beyond the natural realm. You know, I, I love that. Um, again, kind of similar to what we saw in sleepy hollow last week. There's this kind of tucked away little, nook where where the witch lives and people go to her when they need help um the witch's house looked really fucking creepy yes i loved it yeah. i loved it i would i'd go to her house every week and be like hey can i look around and then I, also why don't you like do a little ritual for me i, I love the shots that you didn't get like like a direct shot of her face but you saw like the whispers coming out like she was 200 years old she was just sitting there for 200 years on a rocking chair. And I love those shots. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I do a lot of camping. So the, everything in this movie really kind of felt like, you know, going up into the mountains up uh, Blue Ridge or something like that. Um, but as much as I, I love the setting and I love the the scenery and yeah, the pumpkin patch, the witch's house, they all, you know, are amazing. I felt dirty. <laughs> like watching Ed Harley when he gets out of the truck uh, to go get, you know, his boy, uh, he's just dirty. And I was a lot like, of dirt. Yeah. I, I was oh, like, really? I, I just felt like, oh, I need to go wash my hands. Yeah. So, <laughs> so can I say something about that? When sure, he's yeah. consult when he's consulting with the witch, she's like, go up to the pumpkin patch, bring a shovel. You'll know which one it is. He brings a shovel. He jams the shovel in the ground and then he digs up the fucking body with his hands. 
Mm. Why doesn't he use a shovel? You got to unearth the body. It's a bonding ritual. It was a very loose dirt. (laughs) I don't know. You're right, Jacqueline. It was like, it made no sense to me. It was like, and then all of a sudden he dug it up and then worms and maggots are crawling over his hands. And he's just like, he crawled back down, crawled back up and got it. And then brought it back to the witch. I think, yeah, because he second guessed what the fuck he was doing. He's like, what the fuck am I doing here? And that's yeah, he had like a moment of crisis where he was like, "What am I? What am I doing?" That's why he went back down. I'm gonna. Go I do back love the her. imagery though of just him standing on that like elevated dirt, which makes no sense, but it's fucking cool looking. I, it, it it's totally is, but I'm gonna go back to with what the creepy says. pumpkins and fog behind. I just it, love that. This movie felt so dirty. I mean, it was just so dusty and sweaty. It almost felt like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it was almost like late summer in the you know, the hills of Southern California where you go, where? Up, yeah, you, you go up to these hills and it's just like, that's what it felt like. It didn't necessarily feel like Halloween to me. Where, where was this supposed to take place too? Cause I got a little bit of like a bayou sort of vibe from like where the witch lives. There was a boggy area right before. Yeah. I, got to I mean, it was a bog. There was, like yeah. a hag. Scene of that, though. there was one scene of like a bog. Yeah. yeah, everything else. It, there was no other like boggy. Areas. It was very dusty. It was very just yeah. like 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 you're in the desert. Or I don't, I don't necessarily read like a specific location into it, but I yeah. I, I got a similar sense. Hyderberg, I, but I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Michael, any do you know how, like where it's supposed to be taking place or where it was filmed? Even it, it was filmed in California. I mm-hmm. do know that, but um, as to to where it's supposed to take place, I I have no idea. I don't think it actually covers that ever. I think the boggy part was like with the witch, right? Like when he's. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was her place. And so it was like the boggy. Yeah. Maybe Florida. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Alabama. And there's no hills. I mean, there's hills that the, uh, the dirt bikes went up. Before that, there were a lot of hills. <laughs> no, I mean, there's no hills in Florida. Oh, yeah. OK. I was going to do. We've got some over Mount Dora area. Yeah, Mount Dora is the only hill, and it's like <laughs> it's like maybe One. three feet above sea level. <laughs> oh, I have Lord. to put my emergency brake on when I cross the street to the ice cream place. It's, it's good. Right. <laughs> yep, so, Renningers. <laughs> I don't know. I just do really like the end. I, this film does have its flaws, and we've pointed those out, and it's definitely not a perfect film. I do... I do like the end of the story, though. I like that it's not necessarily a happy ending. I like that Ed, you know, he gets his revenge, but then he he realizes the error of his ways and he ends up realizing that, like, he has to sacrifice himself to, you know, get rid of the monster. Yeah, and the people that are innocent get away, too. Some of them do. Well, not all of them. No, you realize that the last two people actually get away. Uh, Yeah, they do. So, because... And so does uh, Wallace's son. Right, right. Yeah, but Bunt. Bunt. Yeah, what a stupid name. <laughs> Sorry for any fans of the show that are named Bunt or have uni brows, but oh boy, there we go. so many listeners named Bunt. We don't want to offend yeah. them all. Oh wait, we have a voice. We have a uh, email in t- this week from Bunt. Oh, sorry. Oh god. <laughs> Which one? I I shaved my uni brow. I'm good. <laughs> uh, John, you're out in California, aren't you? I am. All right. It was actually filmed in Kelly Gulch, Topanga Canyon Boulevard, Topanga, Topanga. California. That's actually Central California. Mm-hmm. There you go. Topanga and Los Angeles are the 
primary filming locations. Yep. Got yep. it. Yep. That's so what Hyderberg was getting into kind of how this this kind of switches from like a standard revenge movie into more of like a morality tale about how revenge poison like revenge poisons the soul of the person who's seeking it basically Mm -hmm. what do you guys think about that kind of turn that narrative turn it was okay i think it's it's good every every revenge movie well i mean some revenge movies are just literally like the watching the act of our protagonist get his revenge or her revenge and then like sometimes we don't see the repercussions of what that does to that person sometimes it's it's fulfilling for us to be like, depending on how they're slighted. Like the I spit on your grave. Oh, I'm perfectly yeah, when, fine with that. Yeah, we're perfectly fine with her having a happy ending at the end. Like, I don't, I don't think she's going to have too much trauma from getting her revenge. The the incident that incited her revenge, that she'll have That's trauma. That's the from. traumatic part. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with, with this, her just getting her revenge and being done with it. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, I kind of like <laughs> that this is like a tale, like you said, a morality tale of like, yes, the, the guy who summoned the pumpkin head realizes it. Like, what the hell have I done? Like, because he's feeling what his victims are feeling when they're killed and he's seeing through the the demon's eyes and then i, I there's this like a a bond i guess a, i don't know if it's symbiotic or what but like he's becoming pumpkinhead in a sense which is what we see at the end right like his body's used for the next pumpkinhead it doesn't feel like he's becoming pumpkinhead but he feels like the empathy of these people being killed yeah even though that he's going through so much grief of his son dying that this is what he wants. I mean, he just like his nosebleeds. I love that. I love yeah. the fact that 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 he has a visceral reaction to every time these people are killed. That that his nosebleeds or something happens to him where his head's like splitting in half. Where what am I doing? I attributed that more towards the getting closer and closer to the because he's bonded with Pumpkinhead. He's mm-hmm. getting closer and closer to the end where Pumpkinhead's mission is done, and then Pumpkinhead goes back. And in that, his he's getting closer and closer to dying himself because he's tied to Pumpkinhead. So when you know you've got, I'm just gonna say five people, and Pumpkinhead takes out three of them, he's getting Ed is getting weaker because the people that are are left to kill, there's less and less of them. Yeah. It's getting closer to the end of Pumpkinhead as well. Right, but that isn't that a plot hole of of Pumpkinhead should kind of know of who killed his son mm-hmm. because it was like the brother at the very beginning is sitting there with the son of uh, uh, like trying to save him or yeah, but it's all about Ed's eyes, like through his eyes, who he saw was yeah. at the time, right? He saw them all as culp, you know. That they were all culprits because he doesn't there. know which one did it. Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah. know, and nobody tells him that. Like Steve, when you know Steve is the one who waits behind to tell him, but he doesn't actually tell him anything. He just says it was an accident. Yeah. So he when doesn't he, say, afraid, he doesn't yeah. say, "Oh, Joel did it, or Mike did it, or Steve did," it. you know, he it's just, he doesn't know. When so to him, it's just the all of them. Yeah. When he goes up to the Wallace farm, and yeah, you know, Mr. Wallace asks him, you know, what happened. All he says is "city folk." You know, mm-hmm. he, he didn't pick one person. It was he blamed all of them. So they all had to pay, regardless of who, who actually did the act or not. They were there together. That's I do true. have to give him like a little bit of like, I got to say, bro, you left your young son to run a general store with some strangers and you left just randomly. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that situation myself, but 
it's and then when he was time. hurt, you took him home instead of the hospital. So you are somewhat default for that situation happening I, as well. I would blame him for not taking him to the hospital, but the yeah, that he had his dog there and just sitting in the general store. This dog fucking ran out and just started barking at these motorcycle drivers. And then, I mean, the kid didn't have a fever. A wet rag wasn't going to save this kid. And that's what he does when he goes home. He gets like a wet rag to put on his head. Like the kid it, is. It did not bleeding internally. Okay, so he, it did not feel cold, did not feel like moist at all. Moist, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Nothing, nothing's wrong with that word, bro. Okay, doesn't bother me. Moist. Uh, 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 moist. <laughs> it was not moist. Michael said with relish. <laughs> yes, it's not moist. No, I just felt like, um, you know, it was like middle of summer in the high desert of California, and it was just like, what? You know, I, I got confused. I mean, it was just like, where are we at? What What's the time of year? And then, you know, this kid gets ran over. I felt I, I felt really bad, though, you know, uh, with the kid and uh, Lance Erickson. I just went, man, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Was. And was I think that's why we had that set up in the beginning. It, it bonds us with the, the kid and Ed. Um, we get how close knit they are. We can only assume, like in my mind, the mother died, and mm-hmm. now this is all Ed has left. Um, so when Gypsy, got her. yeah, when Gypsy does run out to attack the the city folk, and you know the boy runs out after Gypsy, we we know what's coming. We feel that we were right there with Ed the the whole time, and um, I don't know, I. I I love it. I, I, I'm sorry. I do too. <laughs> I think it gives the film some heart. And I wish I, kind of like the rest of the characters were kind of handled in that way. And then I, I think we would all enjoy this film a lot more. As as much as some of the parts were overacted, I actually really love that scene. Mm-hmm. With the boy running he... out and the, like the sad feelings, you know, when he dies or gets right. Well, yeah, like and, his last words are like, Daddy. Like, like <sighs> everybody else. Like I just that. Like, running like after that. him of like, oh, we got to protect this kid, you know? And yeah, this dipshit is just like, no, I got to run. And he puts his motorcycle away and drives off. And his- I mean, like in the, his defense, the one thing is like, it was a fucking accident. It was a random accident. He didn't totally know that kid was, was over there. Right. Totally but the was. way he handled it after, right. like he immediately runs and puts the bike away. Like we're going to get out of here. Like, that's that's the major sin. That's the transgression. Yeah. I mean, you instantly see his character right away like what what he's like we got glimpses of the fact like this guy seems like a dick and then you see that and you're just like bro you're a fucking coward yep and i think uh, i can i do apologize for i didn't when i picked this film i didn't really think about the fact that there's a child in the beginning that gets hurt like oh it's okay you don't have to censor that for me like i'll watch the movie it's just it it doesn't endear it doesn't stuff like that does not endear a movie to me yeah there were no bugs though there were no bugs. That's true. Michael, what did you say a minute ago? I was going to say, I don't know about the rest of that uh, cast, but I can sure as fuck run a lot faster than a uh, nine-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I the girl fell. It. Everybody knows that women fall all the time when they run, right? Isn't that a, <laughs> that's a real thing, right? I, I don't know what it is. We just can't stay upright. Actually, Wes Craven literally said that one time. He's like, women do not fall when they run. Like, not every woman <laughs> falls. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. Yes. But yeah, she, she fell. Uh, you know, well, it's it is what it is. It added the, the extra tension to the scene, but it yes. was you know, eye rolling. Yes, 
All right. Well, I think I think we've covered a lot of ground yeah. here. Um, does anybody have any other uh, major points they want to talk about before we each give our ratings? This yeah. creature is fucking awesome. All right. Good. Okay. Now, Michael, <laughs> I will I will walk back my tirade earlier a little bit and say, like, <laughs> I I I do like that it's huge. I think that is very intimidating. And I I like the the legs with the back joint like a cat, you know, like mm-hmm. how the joint goes the other way. Um, I think it's really just the face that bugs me. Like it just I don't know the face almost it changes seems... throughout the film too. Yeah. It does, and I I mean I didn't love it at the beginning, and then as it gets more human, I think it gets sillier. I so it just um it it didn't hit. For... So again, it's not just that it's not a pumpkin, <laughs> although it should be a pumpkin. And John, you've missed golden opportunities here to call it Blumpkinhead. Let me just say, I um, held myself <laughs> back from saying that because then you go, oh God. I do do that. I do do that. Blumpkinhead. I love that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's just, it's really just the face, but I do like the body. I like how it moves. I like the like beginnings of bat wings, like on the shoulders. It's, I think the face is just kind of silly and it's kind of like ho-hum, but anyway, that's just, I love the practicality of it. I, and and Jacqueline, I agree with you. Yeah. I think that it's the formation of a demon or maybe it was a demon that got its wings clipped or something like that. I love that. But it just felt like alien to me. <laughs> I, that's that's like what I, I was. I was literally thinking that I was the, like, this feels the, like alien. Yeah, the teeth, the drooling, that you know, the head shape. It just felt like, oh my god! And I had seen this movie like back in the day, and I went, this movie was kind of cool. But then looking at it now, I'm like, I've seen this when it was called mm, Alien. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Michael, I just wanted to clarify a little bit. I I don't hate like everything about it, but it's just like (laughs) I don't hate it. But I do like the huge bite. All right. So Hyderberg, are you ready to give your rating? Yeah. I mean your review and rating. Um, Well, we did our review basically. I'm ready to give you my my quick rating. Yeah, my review. Here it is. Bye. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Um I really love uh, I love Lance Hendrickson in this. I love him in anything, to be honest. Like he's been in a bunch of good films throughout the eighties. And speaking of aliens, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he's just awesome in this. I feel like uh, he does what he doesn't. He does a good job with what he has in the script um, and his character. What he you know, we don't get a ton of backstory to him, but we see enough with his relationship with his son, which I thought was endearing as fuck. And so when his son does die, we feel that pretty, pretty good. And I understand his like need for revenge, you know, and how it consumes him. And I do kind of like the turn of his character, realizing the error of his ways, you know, because innocents were being killed as well. Um, so I, I dig that. I really like I think the uh, I think it's pretty cool that Stan Winston directed this. And I thought it was a pretty good job for a first time, you know, feature Um kind of too bad like he didn't really do a lot more i feel like maybe he focused more on the special effects area uh of his studio and i was actually surprised i i just assumed honestly that he had done his studio had done the uh, effects on this one but it's interesting that he you know he gave that job to somebody else but i do like the fact that he respected the creators of Pumpkinhead to like let them do their thing i like that um I do love the monster. I like, I think it's lore and how it's summoned is pretty cool. 
Uh, I think it's kind of creative. Um, I just kind of like that this was like an urban legend within this small like town, uh, this backwoods town. And it was like, is it real? Is it not? It's like a bedtime story. You know, be good or Pumpkinhead's going to fucking come for you, you know? Uh, and he, he wasn't like overly used. It sounds like he's only been summoned a handful of times, you know, throughout the years. But it's not like this douchebag cut me off in traffic. Let's go. Yeah, get exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some great shots in this. It's you know, it's not perfect, but there's some there's a couple shots that are just really cool imagery, like spooky vibes. And I dig that, especially around Halloween time. So I love the pumpkin patch. I think it looks awesome. I just love the idea of like that raised dirt. Like, even though, like I said, it doesn't make sense. It looks awesome. I just spend disbelief for that. That scene, it just looks really cool. Um, I really like I don't know. I just like the revenge tale, too. I think it's a different take on like a revenge tale and on a monster film, you know, like monsters being summoned for revenge. That's not often that often used that I'm aware of. Uh, Could be. Sounds like something like folk horror would use, you know, something like of that nature. Um, I just think it's interesting. A lot of times it's like a monster and there's like myth to it. And then he's like in the woods and he attacks people or it attacks people. I thought this was kind of cool that it's like summoned just for a task and then it handles its task and goes back to sleep or whatever, or it, it you know, takes the soul, I guess, maybe of the person that summoned it, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not exactly clear whether that happens. We do see that in the end with the body, but uh, I do kind of wish a little bit more of that lore was described, you know, and we learned a little bit more about how it's summoned and stuff like that. And that would be a negative in my opinion. I think some of the acting is a little spotty, but I also think it might be some of the writing that it's the actors are delivering lines that just aren't that great, you know? especially some of the smaller characters that we just don't see fleshed out as much. I thought Lance, Lance Hedrickson does a great job. There's already even a couple scenes where his dialogue is a little spotty too. You know, he's doing this like country accent and he's like, Oh God, you know, when he's like pleading with the witch, there's a couple cr- cringy scenes in that, but overall, <laughs> I like, I really like him in it. Um, but yeah, some of that's like a negative. I do think the creature effect looks a little spotty in a couple shots, like under, under the light, under scrutiny, it does look a little like rubbery. But I think in the in the atmospheric um, woods with the fog and uh, the wind and like the the perfect lighting, I think. And the actual guy in the suit, like I think those scenes look awesome. Like, Mike, you said, like when he kills Joel, like and you see him holding the guy, how strong he is, how imposing he is. He's like 10 feet tall. Like he's he looks fucking awesome. And the way he's he's not structured like a normal creature like you would you know his body like you said his bent knees backwards like it's just not natural it's unnatural it's the 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 half wings it's very demonic looking i like it and and pumpkin head be damned i i think it looks like a gourd almost i get it like it's not exactly a pumpkin you know but i think if you had a a pumpkin headed monster you might actually criticize that too if you saw it like it might not look right so who knows but uh, and the plot, the plot's just lock, lacking a little bit. There, there could have been a little bit more depth, I think. And this is only an hour and a half, which is an ideal amount of time, runtime for a horror movie sometimes. But I, I this might have been better off if it had a little bit more, maybe an hour and 45 minutes. I don't know. Um, so with that said, I'm going to give Stan Winston's Pumpkinhead from 1988. I'm going to give it 6.5 out of 10 cursed pumpkins or pumpkins. If you will. And you will. All right. 6.5 out of 10 cursed pumpkins. Michael, 
our esteemed guest. Would you like to give your rating next? Certainly. Oh, I'm just no. <laughs> um, all right, let me let me start with the, the negative because I've kind of gushed over this movie um, through this. The only thing that gets me every single time I see this movie uh, from the time I, I saw it close to what, 30 years ago to now is when um, I got to I got to get the kid's name. I don't want to just keep calling him Ed's Billy? kid. Billy. Billy. Yeah. Every time uh, when uh, Ed gets back to the store and he runs out to, to get Billy and he picks Billy up. Billy is supposed to be unconscious, but he keeps kind of hugging, you know, <laughs> you see his legs coming around and his arms kind of coming up and okay, maybe he's got a little bit of consciousness, but at one point when the, the city guy goes, uh, what can I do to help? And Ed turns around and gives him the, the stink eye. He's very obviously holding a dummy and <laughs> like the, the gray wig on the, on the dummy and everything just, it, it, Oh my God, it's so off. And then he turns back around and the kids like gripped him like a frog. And then he cuts back around and it's a dummy. And it, it, it's just, it takes me out of it a little bit. Um, but that's my only real negative. I, I love the creature. I love the creature design. I think it's, it, as you mentioned, he's absolutely imposing. Uh, I love the demonic aspect of it. I love how his face changes and becomes more humanoid the more he kills and he begins to take uh, from Ed. I love the fact that this is a story that's actually happened, you know, 40 years prior with the exact same families. Um, you know, it was a Harley that was banging on the door before, you know, so, I mean, it, it runs in the family. Um, it just keeps telling itself over and over and over again. Um, I, I love Lance Henriksen. I don't think he has done a bad thing. Uh, that I can think of. Uh, he's just one of those char the character actors and actors that as soon as you see him, you're connected. You know, mm -hmm. there's something about him. You, you just connect right to him. And um, I, I think it's, it's a shame that Mayim Bialik didn't win an Oscar for Wallace kid. Number one, uh, <laughs> she, she was the shining light in this story as was mushroom. The, the dog who played gypsy. Um just every i don't know i i love this movie and maybe it is nostalgia i'll i i can step back and kind of disconnect a little bit and say maybe it is nostalgia because i have 30 plus years of watching this movie and i absolutely love it but it is one of those movies that i can put on every single time and enjoy it every single time um there's not much to pick apart. I mean, pick new out of it. Uh, after maybe four or five viewings, you're you're going to pretty much get everything there is to get out of this movie. But everything after that is just a, a remembrance. And oh my god, here comes that scene with the the spittle dripping. Or here comes the scene with the claw comes across her head. It, you, it's excitement at that point. And because of that, because of my nostalgia bump and and all kinds of stuff with this movie, I'm going to give it a seven. And yes, I can agree that we needed more fleshed out characters because their deaths really weren't that um, connecting for us. We, we don't feel for them. We don't feel for their deaths. Even the innocents, we don't feel for their deaths the way we should. Um, but I'm not here for them. I'm here for Pumpkinhead. And <laughs> that's that's exactly what I got. I got an imposing demonic creature killing. And I'm very happy with that. <laughs> Well, said. it's actually it's actually like very um, pleasant for me to hear you like 
really gush about a movie that you that you love deeply it's like <laughs> no seriously it's like it, it's it i don't know it gives me a little joy <laughs> to hear you talk so fondly about it this this movie uh a lot of i'll be honest a lot of folks get this movie confused with rawhead rex and clive barker and i mm. was like that in the very beginning um i got these two mixed up so because i'm such a big clive barker fan i kind of gravitated towards this thinking it was clive barker and mm. it wasn't um and i think, I think that's what, a better film than, than Rawhead Rex? Yeah. Well, the creature is, is most definitely better, but yeah. I like the story to Rawhead Rex a little bit better. I mean, I'd have to it, see that one a, more. That's a sex demon in Ireland. Yeah, I love Rawhead Rex. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I you know I've been I've been called a sex demon before, you know. Just kidding. Nah, Stop. nobody's ever said that. Why well, you have such amazing reach? <laughs> uh Michael, though, I do love that like you you totally gush on this film, but you still give it a seven, right? You still recognize its flaws. And you're not going to let your nostalgia alone just like bump that score up. And I dig that. Um, No, that dummy kid really kills it for me. Yeah. (laughs) I have to go back and see that now. I I didn't really. I didn't notice it at all. It's like a rag doll when he when he whips around and the arms kind of like flail around. Maybe the kid couldn't make it that day. They they went over the amount of hours that you're allowed to have a child actor on. So so they were trying to still get the scene done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Could be. Yeah. Also, I'm just curious. You'll see which film have you seen more, this or 2022's Hellraiser? Mm. Uh, probably this. Still. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it's going to be close. Uh, I'll tell you, probably within the next month, it'll be 2022 Hellraiser. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, all if right. we ever cover that movie, we know who we're having on. So. I, you know, I joke all the time about when I was driving to work and I got a text message and it, all it said was, hey, do you want to uh, come on and talk about Hellraiser? And my reply was, fuck, yeah. And then we set up a, de- a time and everything. You didn't know and who then, you're talking to, right? Like an hour later, I'm like, by the way, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> I was just so That's happy funny. To talk oh, Hellraiser. my gosh. It was Randy. That's what it was. <laughs> Randy said that. That's hilarious. I didn't know that was the story of how that started. Oh, yeah. I was just so excited to talk Hellraiser. I didn't care who it was. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> We're going to have Jacqueline go next. Jacqueline. Oh, me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I I feel like I was really all in on this movie in the first two acts. Um, I, As I already explained, I really don't like movies where kids die, especially cute. Like, I've, I think that kid is cute and, and endearing and sweet. It's not like an annoying like I like the kid from Jerry Maguire. Yeah, he I looks the like same a thing. Yeah, he does. Blonde-headed so, kid with glasses. Yeah, he's cute. He was a nice kid. He was. I, I. I was. I was fond of him, and so didn't like that he died. But I did feel like it was a really effective setup for a really satisfying revenge, and so that's what I was banking on. So I was pretty invested in the first two acts, and I. I will actually say even though the the teenager characters like they're not well written or developed or anything once i figured out who was who and i saw the different ways that they reacted to what happened and who was trying to avoid and who was trying to help i i didn't hate them like it, once i figured out like w- once i could distinguish between them i was i was kind of like more dialed in on them and i i didn't mind them so much as characters I was like, okay, Tracy good, Steve good, Kim bad, Joel bad, and then the other two, I forget their names. Um, Maggie, like a little too, like, you know, 
fucking snap out of it, get yourself together. Like, you know, let's get with the program, but I, I was okay with it. Um, like I said, I love the atmosphere. Um, as you guys already said, I really loved Lance Henriksen's performance. I agree with you, Michael, that like, as soon as you see him, it's just like something connects. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's just something about him. He just has this real appeal and sort of magnetism to it. He, I don't know, something about him just feels like a real person and like kind of an everyman that's easy to identify with. So he's ripped in the movie too, by the way. Oh, I didn't notice, but yeah. So I was very willing to go along on his journey with him. Um, I feel like in the third act, it becomes just kind of like a generic sort of chase and slash kind of thing. And honestly, it got a little boring for me after a while. It just kind of felt like repetitive. And again, because, you know, these characters get killed who some of them didn't really even do anything wrong. And so for me, that kind of cheapened the effect of the deaths and it absolutely cheapened the death of Joel, which is the person that I had been waiting for all along, like waiting for their death. It just kind of diluted the whole thing, which, you know, I kind of went into detail before, but the third act is where it it falls apart for me. Sorry. It just, it didn't, I was kind of like drifting off. It just, it, it, it didn't, it didn't have the payoff that made the child's death at the beginning worth it for me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I do uh, think the final conflict with the pumpkin head itself was a little bit like anticlimactic too. Like I wish we could have battled it a little bit more or something. Yeah. Um, and I like the theme of vengeance having a poisoning effect on the person who seeks it and causing more harm than the original act itself. Like he's trying to avenge the death of his son, but then like several people die in response. And that's not a balanced, that's not a balanced situation. Um, And even the witch kind of warns him that this is evil and that like the price is high and you can't go back. Um, And she too is even sort of complicit in it by helping him and doing this ritual to begin with. But she also seems at peace with the fact that like her soul is doomed you know, also like, but she, she, cause he says at one point, he's like, God damn you. And she's like, he already has. Yeah. And so she's kind of like, this is the bargain she's made. And she's at peace with like, this is what it is. Um, and I get that it's narratively interesting for Ed to want to atone for the harm that he's unleashed when he realizes, you know, like how much these people are suffering and what he's really doing. Um, but it doesn't sit well with me that he's the one who is wronged in the first place. And then he ends up dead. Like it just doesn't, again, that takes away from the revenge that I wanted to see happen. Like he is a victim and still he ends up dead. And so it just doesn't, um, it doesn't sit well with me. I feel like he, that, that theme could have been a lesson in the movie without him having to die for it. Um, Because to me, he, I don't know. Yes, he wrought more havoc than was done to him, but still, it's like he lost his child. And like that should be, I don't know. I feel like that's that was the that was the nugget of the story that I was most interested in was like seeing that wrong righted, and then it kind of just went into this other territory. So eh, it just didn't it didn't sit well for me. Um, some of the kills from Pumpkinhead I thought were kind of almost humorous. Like the way he picks up Kim and then just like drops her from a height 
I thought was kind of hilarious. Uh, and then when, uh, who is it that's like on the bike? Is it Chris who's on the bike and he's trying? Yeah, to- I think so. Or the, the motorcycle he and, and he's like trying to leave, but then Pumpkinhead, like he's like dangling the chain from the motorcycle. <laughs> like, what is he, an auto mechanic now? And and then he like picks up the bike and throws him on it into a tree or something. It's like it was almost a little silly. Um nothing as hokey as the dummy kid. <laughs> fair. I didn't notice it, but next time I watch it, I, I will I will take note. I feel like when uh this somebody like I think um Lance Hendrickson makes like a kind of a makeshift flamethrower or something i really wish that somebody would have shouted like it's time to make some pumpkin pie or something like that but yeah (laughs) nope so i don't know it's it starts strong for me it it hits emotional buttons for me but it's it it created a setup that i that didn't really follow through for me i didn't feel like i got the payoff for the setup so i'm gonna say um for me, it's, I'm going to say six out of 10 cursed pumpkins. Oh boy. So yeah. Not bad. John, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, ooh, you actually saw a lot of breathing bodies in this movie. Every time mm. they died, you'd see them breathe. So that was a big problem for me. I didn't like the gore in this movie. Mm. It just seemed very generic. Um. Lance Harrickson was fantastic in this movie. You know, the connection he had with the son was awesome. Uh, you know, and Michael, I agree with you, man. You, you saw the flailing, uh, I guess, dummy kid being flailed around. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think Pumpkinhead looked really good. But it just the problem I had with it, it 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 felt like alien. It felt like you know this. I'm trying to do something else that somebody else did. Um, I love the practical effects. If it was '86, then fine, that's all right. Um, What else? What else do I love about this movie? Um, Nothing. But I'm going to give it a, uh, <laughs> the acting was okay. Um, I don't think there was a really big payoff throughout this movie. I, I, I think that, that Lance Harrickson, the idea or the theme of him conjuring this monster up was awesome. I love the idea of that, but it did not pay off. It was just like, you know, okay, so we're going to grab somebody. We're going to grab somebody else. And then he shoots himself in the head and then no kill me at the very end of that's what kills this monster. They could add so much to this movie of, you know, guilt or whatever. And it could have been all practical, but, but they didn't. They're like, no, he felt guilty about this. So shoot me. You end this thing. And then. Pumpkinhead gets buried and it's Lance Erickson. Um, I'm going to give, but you guys have convinced me this is actually a really fun movie to watch. So I'm going to go on that side for a positive. I'm going to go a 5.5 out of 10 uh, magical pumpkins. I predicted a five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you? Who's, who's Lance Henriksen? 
Yeah. Isn't it Henriksen? Henrik, Henrik, yeah, you keep saying his name differently. I'm sorry. Me? What is it? <laughs> no, John. Oh. <laughs> Hendrickson? Henriksen. Okay. Henriksen. All right. So I'm going to give it a 5.5. Yeah. So f- I, I was kind of thinking about it. And it's like, how would I have wanted this movie to end that I, that I feel like the movie could have communicated that same theme about revenge being poisonous to the soul, but still had the emotional payoff of getting of like Joel getting his comeuppance. Right. I think that Joel should have been killed first in spectacular fashion in like a really satisfying way for the audience. And like, yeah, I know that's bloodthirsty, but God damn it. Like we're, you know, we watch horror movies. We want to see like blood and we want to see bad people get punished. Right. Right. So, um, you know, it's not like a, it's not like real life. Like we want to see this happen in a movie. That's why it's a movie. Sure. Um, and then I think it would have been better if like Pumpkinhead had continued stalking the other people um, and like almost killing them or something. And then Lance Hendrick Henriksen, dang, I did it too. Um, somehow having like that psychic link that he could tell like how afraid they were or how they were suffering or something. And then found some way to like call off Pumpkinhead or stop him somehow without him, ha- without he himself having to die. See, I don't know. I think, I think Joel dying last, although his death wasn't as fulfilling as you would want it to be, is good because him seeing his friends who were innocents die because of his actions is a, a, is sort of like torture for him, right? Like it's well, enough. But that to... relies on the the development in his character. Yeah, which is like a good guy, no. which we've agreed no, doesn't no, we... work and like need... is not on solid footing. I just need him to learn the error of his ways right before his fucking untimely death. Like, you know what I mean? Like he understands that like their deaths are on your fucking hands and now you're dead. You know, you're dead and they're dead because of you. I like Jacqueline's idea. You know, it was like maybe it was like this, you know, stupid CGI phase out where, you know, Pumpkinhead was going to attack and then all of a sudden just dissipate. Yeah, I don't know. Some some way. I don't know what like maybe the witch finds what I don't know. But um, oh, and I could always use more witch. But in your ending, you'd prefer that Ed lives. Yes. See, I'm cool with him dying. I think that's one of the best parts of the story. And he hasn't much, not much to live for after the fact he's lost his child. So I feel like for him dying, just to, to, he's writing his wrongs, right? He made some wrongs as well. There's mm-hmm. something pumpkin head. But he saved death. a couple people. Yeah, but like the so. original wrong was done against him. And so I don't know. But two wrongs don't make a right, do they? No, but his his death know. really shows the 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 point of how bad vengeance really is. Like you you mentioned it numerous times about how vengeance is a poison, you know, and his death is the ultimate payment for that. I, I think that really kind of punctuates it. No, I agree. Like I I I like that 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 theme is there, but I would rather he just like learn that before it's too late. Now, is that for the character or because we like Lance Henriksen? No, no, the, the, for the character. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, for the character. Again, so Michael, you probably haven't heard, but I like I've talked before on this show about how like I view a lot of horror movies differently now that I'm a parent than mm-hmm. I did before. And so like children dying or ch- like even if children don't die, but they're like they have emotional or psychological suffering, like if they see a parent die, that to me, that's just as bad as like a child dying. I don't like it and it's hard for me to watch it and not put myself in, you know, that, that position and, um, feel that emotional impact. Um, I mean, unless it's done in like a silly way or something, but, um, 
So putting myself in the position of Lance Henriksen, it's like, well, God damn it. I don't want him to like, if it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate like pain, right. To have your child taken away from you, especially by somebody being careless and um, in a freak accident that, you know, happens in a split second, like that you couldn't have anticipated. It's not like an illness. Right. Uh, I want to bring up some, something that somebody said earlier of like, you know, why would you leave this child in this? Yeah. I said that. Yeah. Heidelberg said that up by himself but this dog ran off and it was like chasing this and it was like i don't want my dog to die or trying to protect my dog because yeah, he's a sweet boy he's yeah, of course. a normal boy yeah sure, you're not blaming the dog are you no not all at right. all no 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 don't no. no, just like went out and you know this child went after the dog yeah, naturally so well, anyway, I I know that like the like you know random and en- ending that I came up with like you know that has that has its own po- potential problems or whatever. So I don't I don't really have a great answer for this movie. All I know is that it just didn't emotionally work for me the way that I wanted it to. You know, that's all. Now that we're because, mentioning because of, because of my own personal thing, like my own personal hangups with with this this kind of thing that happens in movies. So you guys want what to happened to the dog? Now that they were mentioning it, who's taking care of the dog? Guess you have to watch part two. Uh, I'm really upset now. I'm thinking like, what? This both the owners of this dog are gone. The dogs didn't get killed, right? So, Pumpkinhead to the <laughs> the rise of Gypsy. Electric boogaloo. Oh, Gypsy's God. revenge. <laughs> you left me alone with no food. Uh, would you fellas like to hear some trivia? Yes, sure. most definitely. Um, I don't, I don't have a ton. I just have like a few. Oh, would you like to hear the poem? The whole, oh yeah. The I was wondering poem? if you, I wrote it down. I have it pulled yeah. up on my screen. You want to recite it? Well, Hyderberg, do you want to do it since you're the resident? I mean, poet? I have some time. Yeah. Uh, do you, have, yeah, it's do you fine. have it? Yeah, I have it. Okay. It's Ed Justin's. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Justine's or Justin's? I think it's Justine? Justin's. I think okay. it's Justin's. Okay. I'll, I'll recite it. I might butcher it a little bit, so sorry. I've never actually spoken it aloud, so. Keep away from Pumpkinhead, unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving. Laugh at him and you're undone, but in some dreadful fashion. Vengeance he considers fun and plans it with a passion. Time will not erase or blot, a plot that he has brewing. It's when you think that he's forgot, he'll conjure your undoing. Bolted doors and windows barred. Guard dogs prowling in the yard won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. Is it just me or does that sound almost like a reach around plot summary? I was gonna just right. put that in as my reach around and give. Should have. Oh my! I wasn't gonna God. say it was my work, but I was like, that's a little lazy because the I don't know. I feel like fans do want to hear my. The people want the reach around of, reach of this film. Don't don't cheat the people and of the reach that around. That poem is is cool, and I thought about it, but at the same time, it doesn't actually describe this film. No, it's not so much the plot but um but no so somebody just wrote that i don't really know what the what the reason was for writing it but then it, it got turned into a script and now now it's four movies so that is what i could see about, yeah but that's what, but that's what's great about this movie is that it is so unique from anything else that you've ever seen i mean as far as like sci-fi demonic or whatever 
It is. And it's based on that poem, which I feel like is also maybe some of the flaws of the film as well. They base it around a poem. Mm-hmm. There's not much. Mm-hmm. They, they had to write around that and, and fill in the gaps. Right. So mm-hmm. I thought they did a decent job as far as turning into like this lore, this curse that is passed on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I got some trivia facts. Um, I, I won't take too long with it, but just a few little interesting Any blossom, things. And blossom facts. Just that this was her first yeah, yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Lance Henriksen had Whoa. a set of <laughs> Lance Henriksen had a set of dentures made to give him a more rural look. That was kind of I a thought so because he got like a chip tooth. A rural look, like I, I get the feeling that they didn't want to say like hillbilly or something like that. <laughs> Poor, uh, give him a, a rural look. <laughs> or a he bomb. also he also gathered all of his own props and wardrobe, including a World War II pump action shotgun, his cap worn throughout the film, and the silver dollars which he gives to Haggis. So that's wow, close. that shotgun and was huge, by the way. That was his. Yep. So he was a uh, not a blumpkin. It's not a blumpkin, not a country blumpkin. I'm just waiting for you to go like, oh my god. <laughs> no, because now I know you're trying to elicit that from me, so now I'm going to deny you that. Blumpkin. From the sculpture, studio <laughs> artists and mechanics created a suit and head, which was worn on the set by pumpkin head performer Tom Woodruff Jr. To avoid wear and tear on the suit, Woodruff was glued into it at the start of the shoot day and remained in the foam rubber construct for up to eight hours at a time. Can you imagine how fucking hot he must have been? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know, dude. Maybe there was, like, a built-in, like, tube or something that came out. For his wiener. Like a... (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. But, like, I mean, that just sounds so supremely uncomfortable. I feel really bad for him. But um, And plus, that suit must have smelled really bad by the end of the day. Uh, the dog actor Mushroom did his own stunts for the film, and he was also <laughs> just so he ran down the hill himself. Just the thought of that phrase of this dog did his own he stunts. Did his own stunts. <laughs> you just Hydraberg on that one. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, just as he did his own stunts for Gremlins four years previously. Oh wow! Yeah, that that's was old Mushroom. That was old Mushroom, and I think that's a cute name for a dog too. Mushroom. Yeah. I like it better than Gypsy. Me too. I don't know why, but it's cute. About Stan, Stan Winston's two children can be glimpsed as members of the Wallace clan. Hmm. Uh, the film was originally tested under the alternate title Vengeance the Demon. I like Pumpkinhead better, even though he doesn't have a pumpkin head. But I like that better than Vengeance <laughs> the Demon. Like Vengeance the Demon Michael. sounds generic, too generic to me. Pumpkins have many different sizes and shapes, do they not, Michael? What's that? Gourds, if you will. They have different shapes and sizes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bumpy, bulbous. We're not going to have this argument again. Cranial. We already said those. Oh, the cabin where Steve and the others go is the same one used as the Jarvis house in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Whoa. Really? It does look familiar a little bit from the outside. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the horror punk band The Misfits, like I had to say who The Misfits are, uh, released a song entitled Pumpkinhead, which was featured on their album Famous Monsters in 1999. But not in the soundtrack. I will say this film's the score was lacking a little bit. I didn't I didn't touch on that, but I do feel like it could have been a little bit better. Yeah, The Misfits didn't do the song until 1999. Okay. So it wasn't until later. Uh, and then, so there's several musical things in a row here. Underground hip-hop artist Pumpkinhead takes his alias from the title of the film. Do, do you guys know any of 
Pumpkinhead's music. I didn't know there was a hip hop artist. I've never heard of it, and I'm pretty into uh, hip hop. Him, I don't. I guess him. I guess it's a him. So uh, I, yeah, I there's remember, there's a hip hop guy I, named Pumpkinhead. I do remember Pumpkinhead. Oh, oh my god, god John, you just <laughs> okay. You got me on that. <laughs> I, I, I got you. On that. You got me. I could not help but roll my eyes. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if you guys know Harley Poe. Do you guys know yeah. Harley Poe? Oh, I fucking love Harley Poe. Um, so that's where the Harley comes from. And Harley Poe. No way. From, it's from the character of Ed Harley. Yeah. Um, and in fact, on their pagan, uh, th- they have like an EP called Pagan Holiday. The first track is called Vengeance the Demon, Close the Door. And so it's like, like seven the- minutes. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. And it's like seven minutes long. And it starts out with kind of like a speed, kind of um, like almost like a surf rock kind of fast paced song. But then it slows right. down into his normal kind of folky, like, um, um, Who's the fucking like blister in the sun? Oh, the uh, but he sounds Femmes. exactly like violent femmes, yeah. Then he kind of go- settles back into his violent femmes, mm-hmm. you know, style. But um, I can so what you're saying is that you're gonna give this film a 7.5 now because because of, of Harley Poe, yeah, no. because of the other things you've learned. No, no, <laughs> but I give Harley Poe, I give Harley Poe 10 stars. Hmm. So yeah, and so the the lyrics in that song contain it, they contain like the whole poem as well as other lyrics that he wrote That's on top cool. of that. But like the whole. What poem. is the name of the song? It's called "Vengeance the Demon." Close the okay. door. Yeah, it's the first track on the album. The album's called "Pagan Holiday." And it's the first track. You writing that one down? Yeah, I am for our promotions. I'm done. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. It's good. You like it. Uh, the one scene that made Lance Henriksen most want to take the role was where the deceased Billy sits up and asks his father what he's done. He's like, what did you do, Dad? I like that scene. Oh, man. Yeah, I wish creepy. there was a little bit more of that, to be honest. I, I thought that was great. Like his his guilt and his, you know, his vengeance, like haunting kind of him, haunting him. Yeah, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. But I thought those were the most there was more trivia than that. But I thought those were the most interesting facts. So. I do I do highly recommend check out that uh, entire Misfits CD. And if you can get check out some of the, the videos too, like the for the song Scream that was actually directed by George Romero. Oh cool. Um, definitely check it out. I, and Pumpkinhead is actually one of my favorite tracks on that album. That's what I'll be listening to tomorrow then. Me cool, too. cool. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I had fun talking about Pumpkinhead with you. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Okay. It's fun. <laughs> Michael, I'm glad that it was a movie that you really enjoyed. Because I think I, we all I, still feel a little guilty. <laughs> the, I'll redeem you for Thanksgiving now. Oh, I, okay. I won't hold all it right. against you. <laughs> I would hope Black Christmas would have done that as well. It took a little more. <laughs> yeah, okay. A little push. Just a little extra nudge. It's exactly. funny how that both films, all three films you've been on are like seasonal holiday type named films, right? Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. Black Christmas, Pumpkinhead. Like we're doing Halloween-ish stuff. Like it's interesting. Yeah, you know, like Justin's been on for. You have to have me on for, uh, on for Peter for Rottentail. Yeah. <laughs> for what now, Michael? Peter Rottentail. What the hell is that? Is that a real it, thing? It's an Easter themed. Yep. Oh my god. All right. Okay. Well, we never cover it. <laughs> Peter Rottentail. All right, Remind I'll put me about that it on later. the spreadsheet right now. <laughs> as I don't put it on the spreadsheet. I appreciate you coming on tonight. I I am very sorry that you had to witness the 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 debacle that was Jacqueline eating cereal cold. Yeah, that was, he didn't I, witness anything. I didn't eat it. It was rough. Yeah, but we imagined it once she said it. And it was enough. Oh, God. 
this film was lacking more, but that was scary enough right there. Well, I'm glad I've given you a Halloween fright. Yeah, well, I I agree with you with the movie, Jacqueline, but yeah, eating your cereal without milk. Mm. Oh my God, this is going to live on infamy for (laughs) years to come. I feel like we're going to get some messages about this. People that side with you and then people that don't. I I don't anticipate anybody. I I just checked the Instagram right now. We lost like 20 followers since you (laughs) I, I will admit that nobody has ever sided with me on this, so I, I don't anticipate anyone coming to my defense. But uh, John, next week it's your pick for our first November week. What have you chosen for us to review? Well, I actually decided on one movie, but um, since John got COVID, we did not get to review a movie that is most popular in the nation right now, and uh, I've decided that we're going to talk about terrifier 2 yay sweet i wish i had a little clown horn that i could be like burp, 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 burp. <laughs> <laughs> no well, not get... like a bah, 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 but like the hold on let me get a trash bag <laughs> <laughs> i got plenty bro i know you do i, I brought you... him to the movie theater <laughs> all right yes cool. we're, do- we're doing terrifier 2 next week so it's just a make up uh, week from john um Thank you guys so much for all the support that uh, that I've gotten because I got COVID and it was just like, I hope you're okay. I'm good. Thank you. That's good. I have a melange of things to talk about with that. So. <laughs> Anything have to do with a crash bag? Uh, that joke. Nope. What if, he, what if he went for the whole episode and never mentioned the fucking trash bag? That's bullshit. He will mention it. At least it's going to be in my fucking oh. reach around. Are you kidding me? I'm just me? saying, what if? <laughs> Oh Lord! Uh, Well, John, I'm glad you're feeling better, and I appreciate you a lot still giving us the chance to review Terrifier Two, even though it didn't work out on the the week that it was originally scheduled for. But thank you for picking it, since it didn't work out for my week. Um, Looking forward to that discussion. Yeah, Uh, Michael, man, so much love to you. We appreciate you. You look fantastic. So thank you so much for coming on again, man. It's it's my pleasure. Actually, um, I wanted to uh, give a very special thank you to one of you. Um, about a year ago, uh, I w- when I was on, uh, things were fantastic. Not long after that, my life took a very drastic downturn. And um, Jacqueline, thank you very, very much. You were a literal, literal lifesaver. You stepped up. You made um, some appointments for me and um, kind of helped me through some things. And I can't thank you enough for that. It was uh, extremely special and um, it, it helped me quite a bit. And I can't stress enough for you guys or anyone listening. If you're ever, ever going through anything in your life that is extremely difficult, get help. Talk with somebody, talk with professionals, um, do what you need to do. Uh, and don't be afraid to do it. Um, I was going to pretty much sequester myself and um, try to deal with it myself, and it wasn't working. And Jacqueline recognized that. She stepped up and helped me, and I can't thank you enough for that. So thank you to you and to everybody in uh, A Cut Above. You guys are, are fantastic. I love being on the show. I love the the chemistry that you guys all have, and I appreciate you each and every day. Michael, thank you so much for those kind words. I'm, I'm tearing up here. Um, all I can say is that you're my friend and I care about you. And that's why I 
wanted to help. And I'm, I'm glad that you're in a better place now than, than you were back then. Um, I don't like to see anybody hurting. So um, thank you for being my friend. I, you know, that's, that's why I wanted to be there for you. So um, that's what friends I, are for. I owe you big. Friends are for. No, you don't. <laughs> you watched Thanks Killing. We're, we're even. Oh my God. <laughs> and now I'm I send you some, some milk for your because cereal. of that. No, you will not. I feel guilty. <laughs> um, Michael, Michael, seriously, I, I'm, I'm like Jacqueline right now. I'm tearing up. Um, we love Jacqueline. I think she's a wonderful person. And um, man, we're so happy you're around. We love you. We want you to come on the show as many times as you want to come on. So seriously, uh, we yeah, do love you. Um, it, yeah, you've got friends here. So yeah, man. thank you. This is actually a first I'm hearing about this. So I'm like, <clears throat> it's definitely, it's touching. And I know, you, I know, you know, we've kept in touch. So I know that you've been going through some stuff, but uh, I, like I said, like I was, I felt it was phenomenal to hear you on straight chilling. And to hear you behind the mic again, it's great to see you tonight and to see you on our show. And that's why I asked you to come on for this one. And maybe you can come on for a Christmas episode. Definitely. <laughs> Any Anytime you guys will have me, I will be glad to, to do it. I, I really miss doing this. And I, I think I really, I said it on Straight Chilling and I, I never got around to doing it, but I really need to get my setup back going again <laughs> so I can start recording again. Um, I got to bring back my new to shutter, um, my terror on Tubi. You should, man. This is a I gotta, call you, man. Yeah, I, I love it, and I need to get back into it. So, anytime you guys want me on, I'll be glad to be here. Well, and I want to echo what Hydraberg said, which is that it's really nice to hear you behind the mic again because, a, I think you're really talented at at what you do. You're like talented at at, at doing the podcasting and giving analysis and exploring the different areas of horror. Um, that's just, you're really good at it, but beyond that, even I think what's most, um, appealing about your work that, you know, we haven't seen you do your own show for a while, but what's most appealing about it is not just the talent, but the passion for it Mm -hmm. and your encyclopedic knowledge and your love for it. And so that's why you're a great guest, but like the world needs more Michael. So, um, (laughs) you know, get your show back together and we want to support it and support you. But in the meantime, we'll have you back, you know, whenever yeah. we can, cause we love you. No, I appreciate well, you. And, and we do love you, but uh, your voice is fucking awesome. You, man. you have the most amazing <laughs> radio voice. Seriously, it is like <laughs> classic. Like you should be reading like fucking Orson Welles, like war of the world Absolutely. shit. And like, Michael, I've had the weirdest boner this entire time. I can tell you. God damn. And now we know why. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Do I turn you on, Hydrobird? <laughs> oh my gosh. Do I make you horny, baby? Well, I do, do, I? do I? He just left the room and he's jerking off right now. So. Y'all, <laughs> y'all are you mean much. punching the clown? <laughs> <laughs> Can we save those jokes for next week? Yeah. <laughs> oh, punching right. the clown? Oh my gosh. Well, anyway. I just got it. <laughs> so anyway, next week we'll be back talking about Terrifier 2. If you have not gotten your butt to a theater, get the hints immediately. All right. Or I believe as of tomorrow, it'll be available to stream on what's it called? Screenbox? Screenbox. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening right now, it's on Screenbox, uh, which could be Monday, Halloween. Yeah, mo- I think Monday, right? Yep. Yeah, I forgot. We don't know when people are actually listening to this. So as of <laughs> Monday, October 31st, 2022, 
um, Screenbox should have Terrifier 2 available. Um, I do think this week, yeah, so maybe this weekend, maybe this is like the last day of Terrifier 2 in theaters. I don't know if they're going to do it for another week since Halloween will be passed, but um, find a way to see it. Then come back here and join us next week to hear us talk about Terrifier 2. In the meantime, if you'd like to send us an email, if you'd like to send me an email about my cereal habits or anything <laughs> else, you can email me at a cut above horror. Wait, a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. If you'd like to comment on Jacqueline's eating habits, you can Jesus. contact us on Instagram <laughs> at a cut above one word dot horror <laughs> underscore review. Michael, where do they follow you? <laughs> uh, you you can find us uh, same thing. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Vero, um, any place where social media you can find us, and any place where you can find quality podcasts, you can also find Horror Apocalypse. I don't know why, but we're there too. Um, <laughs> so uh, you can listen to all our back catalog, and hopefully, hopefully, get some new episodes coming soon. Yep, and we're at a cut above horror. Uh, colon or review, I guess, right? Yeah, don't forget the colon, man. Yeah, colon, or colon. Review. Yeah, and uh, thank you guys so much for the five star reviews that we've gotten on uh, iTunes and uh, Spotify. Spotify. So keep them coming, we appreciate it, and uh, make sure that you give the same to Michael. So, or apocalypse, Podcast. all right, well, fellas. Thanks for podcasting with me and John and Hyderberg. I'll see you next week. Keep it creepy and happy Halloween.